نشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له الحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله الوالي الكريم وصلى الله على أنبياء أجمعين والمسيح والمحسي والمجدد لمن مرسلين أما بعد Are we not the bearers of witness that nothing would exist if Allah didn't create it? And that He is alone and has no part? And that all gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the sustainer of all the boundless universes. All gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the generous eternal friend. And send salutations of Allah on all of His prophets and His apostles. And on the Messiah, the anointed one. And on the Mahdi, the God, and on the Mujaddid, the Reform, which was all sent from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We send greetings and we send peace throughout the boundless universe to all. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. The man of the hour, airing seven days a week at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On WGAG Radio. And then he now has light in the womb. He's scaring the baby before they come in the world and introducing them to light. Of course, there's a couple of people here who may have trotted that old path of Freemasonry and you think you know what you're talking about. But the question comes up, what does a master mason trade the gene for. And they say, well, a past master trade the gene for the son. That's Freemasonry. A master mason trades the gene when he becomes a past master and replaces it with the son. And they tell him that son is rock. You follow that? So now what state is the world in? Please, don't answer too quickly. What state is the world in if it needs the sun to light it up? Look up there. It's black. Yet there are more suns out there than the one we see. Why is it not lit up? Because darkness dominates the light. You cut the light on in the dark. When you see a person, you know you don't really see the person. All you see is light reflecting off them. Please don't believe dark souls. Check it out. When you, everything you think you see, you don't really see. You see light reflecting off of them, and it's giving you that picture. You see in darkness. You stay in a state of darkness. And God was in darkness when he said, let there be light. Caucasians live in light, see in light, and stay in light. You see, and that's why everything got to be lit up. Otherwise, you're not safe. But when you want to go to sleep, you cut it off. When you should be unsafe. And you know you just got found. I'm a pimp. I own a blimp. And on the mic. Says that back. Putin hates all of them blacks. Putin is a bad racist. Put them in the ground, white or brown. And I'm in plain old town. And you know you just got found. I'm a pimp. I own a blimp. It lasts as dang as No, you can't stop my son. I'm number 99. And you know I'm brand new. 
gas. Fascinate me straight or gas. I love you and I love to run and grind all the time. And you got that sanitizer. And you know I got that Pfizer. You know I stick it in my veins. Put a bullet in Putin's brain. Do it for the Ukraine. Before I go insane. Let me anti-bacteria my body. At the party. Give it for cash. You know the flow. And I am a pimp. Cause I am on the blam. Eat lots of steak and shrimp. One more time, I'm 99. And you know I grind inside. Gas prices way too high. Vladimir Putin needs to die. Gas prices way too high. You should have the lights on. Some people say, I can't sleep unless the lights on. Your soul is bathed in chaos. You should feel safe in God. You should feel comfy in darkness. You know why? Because when you are cold, what do you do? No, you ball up into a little knot, like a little baby, because you feel comfortable. And you know what that you know what that's the remembrance of? When you was in the womb of your mother in darkness. You are safe in darkness. They spent millions of dollars reversing that information. They're making you think light is safe. God is in darkness. That's good. My, my time start now? Yeah. All right, bet. So what up? My name Brian. I'm white, though. And, uh, man, y'all look cozy in here, man. I need a job up in here because y'all look like you don't do nothing all day. I'm trying to vibe with y'all and stuff. But, uh, yeah. Can y'all smoke weed with the city council? Because I'm trying to get on this. If I could smoke weed, I was trying to join up in the military and stuff for World War III. But I had got kicked out of the debt program with the Army because I had failed the drug test. So we need to do something about that because I'm trying to do that. You know what I'm saying? Watch this. The world is lit up. Correct? Let's think of two places. Heaven and hell. I want you to give me, tell me something about hell. What's one of the first things that come to your mind when I say hell? Fire. Is that darkness or light? <laughs> so now, who dwells in hell? The devil. Okay. And the hell, and hell is lit up by, so the devil dwells in and the light is the fire, so God must not dwell with the devil, so God must be, light can only exist if kindled and stimulated by things on the physical plane. If there's no oxygen in the air, fire won't burn. Now, can God's fire ever go out? So then God must not be in fire, something ignited with me? God must dwell in not just darkness, but in triple darkness. Three stages, three times three darkness. <laughs> That's dark because you exist in darkness. So God's darkness got to be three stages darker than yours. So there. Now listen again. Watch it. Can God dwell in earth then? 
Catch yourself. It's in the Bible. Can God dwell in earth? But when he's in earth, is he in light or is he in darkness? Let me go back to the Bible. And I'll start before I go there by saying that you're conceived in the womb, in darkness. You're in the womb in darkness. God said, right, I put my spirit into man, and man became a living soul. So God placed a portion of himself inside human beings. You with me? And human beings walk in this world of light. And God is inside the human being, inside darkness. So even God in Christ on earth is still in the heart of Christ in darkness. God never stepped into the light. Men step into the light, and the light blinds men. You hear me? Cut out the light. Now check this story. Cut out the light, put you in the middle of a room, pitch black, no sound, and your body will disappear. You become the room. You become boundless. Put you in a room. Got yourself there? And it's pitch black and you see no walls. Can you get you there? You're in the center of the whole universe. <laughs> no walls. Everything and everybody is revolving around you. Because God is in you. And God is the cook or the center of the universe. So wherever you are, God is. And wherever God is, he's in the center of all things. So if I'm sitting in this side of the room and you're sitting on that side of the room, we're both in the center of the universe to each of us. That's how well God planned it. That's what they mean by God in all places and all times and everywhere. Wherever you are, God is. And God speaks to you too. Whenever you get ready to do the wrong thing, you say, well, there's a little voice inside. Ain't no little voice. That's a big voice, nigga. You just don't listen. He tells you, don't do that. Don't take that. Don't smoke that. Don't put that needle in your arm. Don't steal that. And then another voice, your voice, the voice of light, says, God, go ahead. There's three cookies. Take one. They'll never even know it. So God walks with you all the time. And Christ said it. What did he say? Is it not written in your... Check that statement. Because here he is supposed to be a Hebrew and supposed to be an Israelite. And he's quoting the Psalms. But he's not referring to it as our law. Or, if he was God, my law, he said to them, is it not written in your law? Now, check this out. I say, be a God. Hear that? Was Christ God then? He said it right there. Is it not written in your law? I say, be a God. He said, I'm God, and that law is for you. And in that law, I told you, you are God. 
but all of you are the children of the Most High. Don't get too cocky now. Don't get too uppity, niggas, and I'll put you in your place. God puts people in their place. Right? I know those people in Turkey are in their place. How many people are they up to now? 30,000 dead people in one earthquake? Allahu Akbar. That's Muslim country there. That ain't Christian country. All the Muslims in the world have to stop and say, where was Allah? Ain't a kind of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's in Arabic, where was Allah? <laughs> when can a who? That's in Sudanese, where was he? In Arabic. And they can't tell you. You know why? Because the Muslims started getting cocky. So God had to remind the Muslims that he don't have a name that y'all could pronounce. Because <laughs> if you could pronounce his name, it wouldn't be his name. Because if you could pronounce, this is going to sound crazy. Y'all can stay with me here now. If you could pronounce God's name, then you would have mastered a part of God. Even down to the fact that you're able to just pronounce his name and thus get his attention. <laughs> he would no longer be moving at his own will. He'll be moving at your command just by virtue of the fact that you know his name. Did you hear that? Did I lose anybody? Do I got to say it again? One more time then. <laughs> if you know God's name, what's your name? This is Sharonda. If I went on that side of the room and I said, Sharonda, you go. And you'd be at my command because I threw out a tone that represents you. So you would have surrendered to my call. You hear me? All right. Religious people would like to make you believe that the way you contact God is that you say, Allah, Jesus, Theos, Jehovah, Yahweh. They want to make you think that that's how you contact and make touch with God. But if God responded to you, he would be your servant and you not his. He would be responding to your command or your demand. And God doesn't do that. And that's why the Hebrews who fathered the New Testament, which fathered or mothered the Quran, tell you, we don't use the name of God. We don't know it. And in the largest worldwide, they say, the true meaning and sound of God's name has been lost. Or that the few that do know it don't dare speak it. Now, who would know it? Huh? You. Not me. <laughs> would God know his name? Don't answer so quickly. Would God know his own name? No. Because God wouldn't have a name. Who named him? <laughs> and what would be the reason? See that? Who named him and why? Why would God need a name? You know why God would need a name? Because some mortals want to make God a noun. Because when they make God a noun, they're able to place him as a person, a place, or a thing. And we are not 
happy about mystery. We're not happy about the unknown. We want to know things. That's the inquisitive creature we are. So we want to name God something that we can say, Jesus, okay? Allah, all right? And then I start saying what? Uh, what does Jesus mean? Then I got to give you a meaning. What does Christ mean? Well, Christ, what does Allah mean? Jehovah. What does Jehovah mean? Well, there's four letters. What do they mean? Well, it's a yard, that's a hand, that's a hay. That's, we keep dicing it down. <laughs> and that only works as long as hydrogen was the lightest atom. <laughs> but now that scientists have come to the realization that hydrogen is not the lightest atom, then God don't have a name. Because God don't sum up to anything. He doesn't sum up to anything. He is not to be weighed. He is not to be labeled, placed, confined. God is. Doc, God is what? That too. <laughs> God is where? Yep. God is who? Mm. God is. And when mortals try to place God in any place other than the darkness that exists before the light and after the light, because God in his mystery moves to a lidded world in an unlit heart, you. God moves through this world in you. You follow that? Is that where? No, only if he's only in you would it be where. Because then it would be there. Because where and there work together. But where's the there? There. But if it's in you, 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 and everybody here, then he can't become a there, and therefore you cannot make him anywhere. You with me? God is. You are naturally linked to God. You are part of God, and God is a part of you. God, some say, is love. Right? Imagine that for a minute. Imagine the embodiment of all love for everything, every kind of way imaginable. And then imagine if God loved you, how much that'll hurt. <laughs> you hear me? If God is touched through compassion and concern, the weight of the touch through compassion and concern would crush you. He would crush you accidentally because he loves you. If he is power and he's light, are getting energy from the universe channeled through wires and lit up. If you ever touch God's hand, my God, you are in for the shock of your life. The power, you can be electrocuted by that light. Imagine if you touched into the source of all the energy in the universe, what would happen to you? You, you know the funny thing? You wouldn't go anywhere. Well, there's really no place to go where he's not. 
<laughs> you won't be what you are would be the problem. You know what I'm saying? He does not need us contemplating on this level. He needs to have us contemplating on the level of God is in my image as the Lord Jesus Christ, and he looks like me, and he's coming back to save you. That's where he needs you. He doesn't need you to start expanding the power and the glory of God beyond the physical composition. He don't need that because you'll start to make a link and you'll start to laugh at some of the things that are taking place. And then he'll call you crazy because you'll look at things that people are mad about and you'll laugh. Because you say, how could it happen if God didn't will it? How could it happen if God didn't want it? So everything that happened is the will of God? Say, what about the devil? Well, where did he come from? Who made him? God. So the devil is the will of God? Why? Huh? Balancement to what? Balancement to what? Not good and bad. Because God, according to doctrine and theology, God is good and devil is bad. The devil is not equal to God, so they're definitely not rivals. Because God predates the devil. Is that not true? So the rival to the devil is man. And the God in man, the good of you, is the rival to the devil. The devil is out for you. The devil can't mess with God. Go read the book of Job. Go to the book of Job. When the devil got before God in the book of Job, he was what? Humble. God said, where you been at? Which is very strange. <laughs> Which strikes me as very strange that God had to ask somebody where they was at. Where you was at? And he answered, I was walking to and fro in the earth. And God didn't see him. God takes breaks. <laughs> He's not watching all things at all times. That's a frightening thought after what I've been taught all my life. Right now, God might be doing something else, like playing chess with one of the angels and not looking at me, and I need him. But that might explain why babies fall out of windows and God don't catch them. That might be the answer. God don't have full attention on you. Now, why wouldn't God have full attention on you? Because God is in you, and you're not keeping the light of God on out of the darkness to watch this world. You have cut off the light. You're not conscious of the presence of God in you. You're afraid of that reality because with that reality comes responsibility that you don't want. You don't want to be responsible for all the stuff that's taking place in the world, God. So it's much easier to put God off in a remote place, out of reach, and look up and worship him. You hear me? It is much easier than traveling inside and finding the seat of God inside and letting it work its way out. It is so much safe or so much secure for me to say, no, God is up in heaven. And when someone says, where, how far, so don't blaspheme. Don't you question God. God is just beyond question. But he said he put himself in me. Is he in me if he said it? If he said it, and he said it, then he's in me. So when you see me, you, I heard that before. I think I heard a man say 
when you see me, you see God. And they love him for it. But when I say it, I'm a blasphemer. If you say it, they'll say you're crazy. You ain't God. You say, no, I'm not God. But when you see me, you see God. Boy, you crazy. But I can open the Bible and Jesus say, when you see me, you guys say, that's a beautiful statement. <laughs> what has happened? The manifestation of devil's power on earth moves through us, controls our emotions and our thinking, and has clipped the connection we have with God inside, making us look for God outside. And looking for God outside is limiting God because it's saying he's in a specific place somewhere. And they call it a place. Where is he at? He's in heaven. Have you ever went to a dictionary and looked up the word heaven to find out what it means? Really? No. Most people haven't. Heaven is nothing but a derivative of the word haven. You know what that is? A marina. You know what a marina is? where ships dock. So when you say heaven, you're saying a place where ships go. Look at that computer in the dictionary. So you're saying God's in heaven. He arrives there. From where? In what? You know what they're talking about? They're talking about their version of God leaving earth and ascending into heaven. They're not talking about God the Father. They're talking about God the Son when they think of God being in heaven. I'm going to tell you why. You want to know why? Because God would not be in heaven. God would be heaven. Because if God was in heaven, God would be inside something. And God cannot be confined any one place at any given time. He's too powerful for that. But his sons can, and his children can, and he can be everywhere in each and every one of you, but not solely in you, nor was he solely in Christ. And that's why Christ said, all of you, he was saying to them, don't you overstand that all of you are the children of God. All of y'all are God incarnated. The life of God, the breath of life, I breathe into man. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. It was not anything made. It was made without him. In him was the life, and the life was the light in the man. The light shined in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Boom, John chapter 1. What does it mean, though? In the beginning was the Word. Someone spoke the Word. And there's no reason to speak a Word if someone else is not listening. If you go in your room with the intentions of taking a shirt or a blouse out of the dresser, you don't start from the kitchen and say, I'm going to go in the room and take a shirt out the dresser. I am taking the shirt out the dresser. I have the shirt. I'm going into the bathroom to put the shirt on. The only reason why you would do that is if you said to your brother, listen, I'm going in the room to get my shirt. Don't bother me. Don't be in the bathroom when I come out because I'm going in the bathroom to put my shirt on. That's why you have a word in the beginning of a conversation talking to somebody. 
But when you raise the question of who was God talking to, they say, nobody. Because God was alone in the beginning. What about talking to the angels? Well, that would have to then you would have to be saying the angels were created before man. Well, were they? Okay, so was God talking to the angels when he said, let us make man in, huh? Yes, what else did he say then? Let us make man what? <laughs> so the man is in the image of God and angels at the same time. So now which part are you in now? <laughs> what part are you now? Are you right now in the image of God or in the image of an angel? Because he said, I breathed into you the breath of life, and you became a living. And then he, called, then he told them that the Holy Ghost is the spirit or ruach or nephesh of God. Right? God's spirit brings the messages from God in the form of the Holy Ghost, symbolic of a dove. So then you are really in what form? You are really in a soul form as an angel. He said, well, yeah, what am I doing here? And this world is lit up. You are a fallen angel. You just don't want to admit you fell from grace. And you are in hell. Right now. And it can get worse. Say, this is hell? Tell me, Doc, what makes this hell? Okay, right? <laughs> Let me get in the middle for this. What makes this place hell? Let me do this here. God. Now remember now, they haven't told you that there's two creative forces in God. One creates cavities and headaches. I'm getting there. God created man in his image and after his likeness. Thus, man and woman are in the image and after the likeness of God. And what God does and is capable of doing and does and is capable of doing, or they're not in the image and after the likeness of God, they were lied to. Now, which is it? The Bible says you're in the image and after the likeness of God, so you are in his image and have the powers of God, or you're not. Which is it? The Bible says you are, so you what? So then God gets headaches. And God gets uh, ulcers. And God gets... Uh, asthma, and God gets cancer, and God gets heart attack, AIDS, because if man is in the image and likeness of God, who is responsible for the malfunctioning part of the man? At what point did man stop being God in his purity and become God in a degrading, decrepit, falling apart, old age, breakdown, stiff bones, oh my son, when did it happen? When did the pain of arthritis come in? Because God, God has arthritis. It came in when you fell from grace. That's how you know you're in hell. Because you start off to this child. She is as healthy as she can be. Her bones are good, her eyes are good, her teeth are good. Unless these, these kids are feeding us candy all day and speeding up the process. Her organs are all good and healthy, but then what happens? They start to deteriorate.
three months. Does everybody understand? Does that answer your question, brother? January. Um, it's starting to circulate uh, information. Um, people should not be in the city. I mean, it was before that certain things were going to happen in the year 2000 in the city, but I've heard that starting January 1999 that things are going to start happening. People should, should not be in the city. That's correct. We're so what is this about? What is it? Uh, Red dogs or something like that. What could be explained? Okay, that's too, okay. We do our best. Let's address the first part of the question. The reality is, no, we shouldn't still be out there. This is why Mitzvah Abdullahi Atumre told everyone to move south, told us all to gather, to come to this land, Tamaray, to build a land, so we can have a place to go. But so many people took their time in doing so. So now here we are. We're running out of time. Or as we, used to, as we used to say, the hourglass is almost empty. You understand? And we're running out of time. And he's doing everything in his power to make sure that people have a place to come. And all he asks us, of us is that we simply do what he tells us. You see, about a week ago he explained to everyone, the people that are going to suffer are those people that are living week to week, or month to month, or year to year. He explained to us that it's important that we begin to make sure, uh, make sure we're living day by day. He said, go out and sell something. Legally, of course, for those who, so no one say we say sell drugs. But go out and sell something. Whether it's our doctrine, if you're with us, or become a vendor, or something where you're able to live day by day and survive. Egyptian Church of Karas, Christ Incorporated. This program is for one group of people and one group only, the children of God. We no longer have to wonder or wander off the straight path. For those who want to make a difference, for those that want to know the truth, there's so many unanswered questions. And for those who are tired of the devil taking control over everything in their lives and the lives of their children, this program is set up for those who want to be in God's peace here on earth. According to the scripture, Matthew chapter talk about why I love Tona so much. Talk about why I love Tona so much. I don't need anything because you know what? Tona comes with different attachments to do the workouts that you need on Tony. So after I finish my workout, because everything is all inclusive, all I would do is just pack my stuff up like this, take my handles off. Now we're done. Back on the wall, sleek, clean, fresh, ready to be worked out again. by questions and answers since the year 1970, the ending of the moon cycle and the coming of the sun cycle. The master teacher has incarnated 
on earth to save those who are lost. Find your way to the true light, for the time is at hand. We, the Isa people, the Nubians, must come together. We don't need the fake teachers, the false prophets, the lying preachers, the wannabe messiahs, and so-called leaders who don't know the way. Where did we come from? How did we get here? And how long must we stay? Who is this evil one that has plagued us for 6,000 years? And when will his time end? Listen to the voice of our Savior as he lifts the spell of Leviathan and restores the power of Elohim in your heart. For you are the children of the Holy Tabernacle, the sons of the Elohim. Find your way to the nearest tabernacle of the Most High and sit and listen to the voice of our Savior, the Lamb who dwells amongst us before it's too late. 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 You are now listening to Rabboni Yeshua Bar El Hadi on Mount Zion, the city of peace.
makes a complete circle, is called an equinox. And the planet gets closer and further away from the sun at different times in its motion. During the period of time that the sun and the planet are close to each other, those are periods referred to as the, the solo era. And when it gets farther away from it, you know, it makes it, yeah, but it's an egg-like shape, right? When it gets further away, that is the moon cycle. That's why moon is synonymous with night and sun is synonymous. I don't want to sound cocky, but watching my body turn into a Ferrari, basically. Hell yeah. You know, my wife's like, what'd you do? After, you know, six months of doing this, she's seeing all the changes that are happening. And she says, I want to do this. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'm waiting for it. Yeah. Is synonymous with day. What is happening is every certain amount of thousands of years, it happens. Right? We're getting ready to come back into the sun cycle. We already started into it a while back when it, what the devil referred to as the barren age. In that period of time, the sun gets closer to the planet, mm-hmm. and a very strange thing happens. Right? Yeah. The people who cannot live under the sun only have one alternative. What is it? No, they must go back to the cage. Oh, okay. They can't stay on the surface. Yeah, okay. You follow that? Mm -hmm. So what's happening now amongst the so-called Europeans, the reason why they're building underground tunnels across Europe, the reason why they're taking all the stores off the streets and turning them into malls, the reason why they're putting the cinemas or movies, as you call them, inside malls and hospitals and everything or underground communications because he's coming into an era time that before in the Holy Quran, as you call it, circle path speak about a period of time when they went into the cage and they don't even know how long they were in the cage sleeping. They were sleepers in the cage. That means that was the other cycle when the sun cycle on the other side came in. Then it goes into a moon, and then it comes into a sun again, then back to the moon. It's two moon cycles and two sun cycles to complete that complete equinox. All right? We're at a period of time now where the sun cycle has come in, the ozone layer is moving, there's a greenhouse effect, the planet is warming up, and the European people have to get off the surface of the planet. They have to go underground, and they're trying to build everything. First, they tried to go out. They found out that life existed on Mars, but they couldn't exist there because of certain ammonia that, that they would make it impossible for them to survive. So now they're back to building underground. They linked up Europe. They had to get a one-world system so that all Europeans would be in tune because those that are not in tune will die. So all we have to do, and people, when I speak about the end of the devil's rule or reign in 6,000 years, all we have to do is wait. You're looking for some phenomena other than what's taking place. In the books of Malachi, they call him the son of justice. They translate it as righteous, but it's a son, and they use the word shemesh. They don't use the word son like ben, son, S-O-N. They use the word S-U-N, and they speak about the son of justice bringing out the fire upon earth. Right? That marks a period of time near the end of the world when the sun itself is going to become the means of justice. And that justice is a confirmation of a prophecy that was made to us that when the devil comes out to harm us, fire would rain out of heaven upon them and consume them. Follow that? And that's happening to them right now. But we're looking for matches to be struck and flames. That's only one kind of fire. If you remember the hell book that I've written, I said there's a variety of different kind of fires. Is it a, is it a gas fire? Is it a, a carbon fire? Is it, you know, there's different kinds of fires. The sun in itself, Ra, is a form of fire. You follow that? They call it Amun Ra, because Amun means trusted. 
Your father, Amen Ram, is trusted in. It makes mention in the book of Revelations, in the third chapter, in the 14th verse, about El Amon, the trusted or faithful and the true. When I say faithful, I mean that I've made a promise with you, and you are faithful to that promise. You follow that? So Amon Ra has to hold faithful to his promise to us as people of the sun. When I say Amon Ra, people think right back to idol worship in Egypt, right? And I'm talking about Ra means to see. And it's the same thing, like I explained many times, that Hagar used when she went in the wilderness. She said El Roy, which was enough but saying I'm El Ra. She didn't say Amon because Amon was a certain people that she didn't belong to. It's another story. All right, so the promise is being fulfilled for us that the time for the devil is ending. The fire is pouring down out of the sky. It's happening to them right now. It's giving them skin cancer. Each year they're told you can't go to the beaches. They love beaches. Beaches are a symbol of nudity to them. And the word nude is short for Nod, the land of Nod. In Hebrew, we don't say Nod. We say nude. Now they're pushing for nudity beaches, and it's amazing because they're pushing for nudity beaches, but they can't go to the beach. So they must be pushing for nudity beaches for you and I. Because it says, oh, children of Adam, don't let the devil seduce you and take off your clothes. So he can't be making nudity beaches for Europeans, but they can't go to the beach no more. They're telling them, stay off the beaches. Where they're not getting burnt, they're poisoned in the water. There's fires all across the country, floods all across the country. All this is done by the Illuminati. They're trying to destroy the surface of the planet so that we will have to go underground with them. Do you understand that? They're at a point now where well, you don't they have to go. Do I mean, we're not going to go. It depends. It depends on if <laughs> you. It depends on if you're prepared or not. Okay. You've got to be prepared because regardless of how close the sun becomes to the planet Earth, it will not have any effect on us. I mean, but do we have to prepare ourselves as individuals? As no, we have to prepare ourselves as a body. That is our problem. We keep on breaking up into individuals uh-huh. and divided. We have no power. We're the only people that's disunited amongst ourselves. Yeah. We get broken down all the way down into Jehovah's Witnesses and Seventh-day Adventists and Sunni Muslims and Ansar. We're broken up into all kinds of little stupid splinter groups. There's Egyptologists over here. Dr. Ben is on this side and Clark is on this side and... And Siraj Wahaj is over here, and Muhammad Al-Amin is in al and Farrakhan is over here, and Warwick is over here. And that's just in the Islamic world. Then when you get into the Hebrew world, you got Ben-Amin, Kata, Yahweh, Ben-Yahweh over here, Rabbi Jeremiah over here, Rabbi Matthews over here. And that's in the black so-called Jewish section. Mm-hmm. Then when you get into Christianity, you got Seven-day Adventists, Pentecostals, Sisterpalians, Protestants, Baptists, Catholics. And all of this has been set up to divide us in mind. Because the power of us coming together mentally can affect the world. Those things that keep us divided in mind, right? Because of this day and time. The devil's time is at its expiration date. It's fulfilling its prophecy. It's 6,000 years is coming to an end. Now, what he has to do is get off of the surface of the planet. If you would just be patient, he'll have to leave. He can't reverse the greenhouse effect. He cannot push the sun away. He cannot reverse the destruction of the ozone layer. He can't stop that. It's not bothering you. He's convincing you that it's bothering you. <laughs> He's trying to tell you, you better not go to the beach. If you go to the beach, you're going to get skin cancer. What's wrong with you? You was born on the beach. What do you think Ethiopia is? What do you think Sudan is? 130, 110, 115 degrees all year round. You follow that? So we are waiting. I am waiting for the sun. I raise my hands to Amun-Ra and say, come closer to earth. 
Because the closer he gets, the faster he gets, the quicker they have to go underground. And what they're trying to do now is they're trying to destroy the surface of the planet. So they're poisoning the water so we'll have no fish. They're burning all the forests so all the livestock is gone. They corrupted all the farmland. And then they're destroying all the countries that oppose them where we might take refuge. You follow that? All the Middle East is being wiped out. All of Sudan, Ethiopia, Somali. Don't fall for that Somali lift. That Somali lift was a result of the fact that they looked on television and saw them camps in Russia, and they saw them Amorites starving over there, so they had to get food over there. And one day, it took them to close all them camps in Russia and bring food, and because the public eye was on it, they sent a couple of bags of beans to Ethiopia so it looked like a balance for the, for the UN. Now, actually, they're not least concerned. Part of the plot is to destroy all of what's called Africa, Africa, either by AIDS, famine, you follow diseases, they're going to wipe it out because they have to go, like the Quran taught, back in the cage. You follow that? They have no choice. They build these high-rises and these condominiums. All of the so-called Europeans who live on the southern part of this country are now moving north. So they're going to eventually leave out of South Africa? They have to. They have to leave out of South Africa, but it's going to be in a, such a bad state, there's nothing we can do with it anyway. They gave the land to these Amorites. They didn't have to. They could have taken it. And they didn't have to leave Nelson Mandela in jail for 26 years. So they wanted him in there until they lobotomized him and used him as a tool. But let me get back to where we at. People ask me all the time about South Africa. I'm not in South Africa. We're right here and we got problems. And we better get straight. We better start worrying about what's happening with us here. We're running out of time. And they're making more demands. The reason why you see them trying to renovate your neighborhoods and buy up your neighborhood is because they have to get out of the South. You understand that? They got to leave Georgia. They got to leave Florida. They got to leave South Carolina, and they'll have to live from the upper part of North Carolina up where the weather is controllable until they can go underground. So now you drive all up in these mountains, and all you see is Florida plates and all old, old Jews walking around up here because they're trying to find places up here, up in Canada. That's their refuge. So as many times they tried to put a community in Canada, they couldn't get it established. We have a problem with Syracuse, Buffalo, all up there. And it dawned on me because we have to get out of here and go south. Why do we have to go south? And why do we have to go to an area south where it's open and not mountainous? Because that's where he can't come. He cannot chase you where he cannot go. You follow that? So as long as we're up in a mountain area, he can come up here. But when we get down in an area where it's flat and open plains and the temperatures range in the hundreds, we don't have to worry about him coming down there because as the sun gets closer, he will not be able to survive. It would be suicide for him to pursue us in an environment where nature is fighting against him. You understand what I'm trying to say? This is a day and time we are now for the people to say, why are we leaving Mount Zion and going south? Because we're passing him on the road. And let the fools come this way, and we'll go that way where he can't come. But we're going to have to learn how to survive down there because you forgot how to be sun people. And that's one of the main reasons why I said stop the perms and the jerry curls and all that crap because you can't afford it and you won't have access to it. Uh-huh. You follow what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And, I, and I didn't say go back to Afro, because Afro described one hairstyle. <laughs> one hairstyle. I, I heard somebody say just yesterday, if they were to bring that hairstyle up to today, 
instead of us being called Afro-Americans, we would have to be called Jerry Curl Americans or Extension Americans or Perm Americans because Afro is just a hairstyle and the word Afro don't apply to us. We are not Africans. And I say that to say nobody is African. There is no such thing as an African. The word African means Africa, to divide us up into pieces. We are Ethiopians. We are Egyptians. We are Kushites, Hamites, Shemites. We are not Africans. You follow that? We have broken up into families. We became known as Ashante. We became known as Mendingans. We, we got set up with Igbo. We became many different names. But when you get past all those tribal names and get down to it, we are we call Shemites and not Semites. They, they could be semi. They could be Semites. We're Shemites. You follow? So we have to prepare ourselves for this hour of time. And the sun is on our side. Nature is on the side. But he is destroying the planet intentionally with all kind of earthquakes. And right now, if you look on the news, there's fires in Florida, there's fires in California. There's fire. He's burning up all the forests. When he's burning the forests, you're chasing the animals. If he's burning the forest down there, which direction is he chasing the animals? If he's poisoning all the waters on the sea coast of Florida, where is he chasing all the fish? Now, why would he chase the fish and the animals up here? Huh? Because he's going to be living up here. <laughs> so the best way for me to chase you is to light a fire. I light a fire on this side, I can guarantee that whatever's on that side is going to run in that direction. So if you monitor them fires, them fires start off the coast of Florida, and they're moving all up. Now they're talking about South Carolina, all on the coast of South Carolina. They can't get inland. So what you do is go inland. Stay off the coast. You follow that? And all the animals will run inland and north. And there you'll set up your colonies for survival. You follow that? Who is the um, uh, plant and food and stuff like that? Or star. <laughs> One or the other. Won't be no A and P. Won't be no A and P, right? Of us. That's why I'm moving. My name is Tahida. Not like that. You know that the word Ahad, right? Ahad and Ahada is the same as Ahad. Right? And Tawheed, but see, Tawheed is a created word. The reason why I say it's a created word because it's used in Islam, and Islam claims to come out of the Quran. Correct? That when Muhammad received the Quran, that's when they formulated the system of Islamic teachings, and they corrected this divine language in which their scripture was sent down. You follow me? However, the name Tawheed is nowhere in the Quran which meant that after the Quran was completed, then men looked in the Quran when it was setting up grammars and stuff and created words from words. Mm-hmm. So in Arabic language, yeah, Tawheed is a word, but it's not a Quranic word. It's a word that they've made from the word Wahid. Yeah. You follow? Yeah. I'd like to ask a question. Um, the importance of coming into the tabernacle, um, those that have to come in... And we're rejected because of medical reasons. I don't, I don't, I'm not speaking about the patients. What happens to those people? I can't speak for those people because that's the day and time we're in. We're in a strange day and time. And that is that we have evoluted ourselves from pure mental, right? We had a perfect ether and a mushroom. We have, we have evoluted into some new being. I don't mean new being. I mean some new kind of being that's not in tune with the original self. You know, we're radical, we're unpredictable, we think a lot like the enemy. Yeah. We're self-destructive, we're uncooperative, 
and up in the most, we're disagreeable. So we have subjected ourselves to a lot of stuff that has changed us. So it's hard to look in the eyes of a Nubian person and know what you're looking at now. You follow? Um, yeah, shalom. Shalom. I'm a part of the Christi Catholic Hebrew, and we wrote you several letters, and we, had a, we didn't hear any response, so we read in your bulletin, which you did right. And we'd like to know, well, why didn't we hear any response to you first? So many people are trying to match what I'm teaching, not necessarily you. And oftentimes, they really would like to know what they're talking about, but they don't. You know, they say, I'm fluent and I'm hard. And they make a statement like, Hala Selassie means this. And I look and say, that's not what it means in them hard. It might mean something in modern translation. That is Egypt, where is the Ethiopia today? But that's not what it means in ancient Jesus. Or they'll say, in the scripture, this person is this. And that's not who that person is. They're reading... English translations or Amharic translations from English. Don't understand, the devil has ran way up ahead of y'all in, in the early 19th century, the 1910, 11, and 12, and started translating all the scriptures into French out of a, a land in French called Bukhara, and then translated from that into Arabic. So the Arabic Bibles you got are originally translated from French, not from the original. The Amharic Bibles you're getting are not from, and Halafalassian people like himself were sellouts to Ethiopia. They were not for Ethiopia. He was a sellout. He was a Christian, a Coptic Christian. You cannot be a Christian and be of the pure seed of the house of Judah. You can only be of the pure the house of Judah. And you can read it. If you read the book of the prophet, who they call him a prophet, they call it Nubia in Hebrew, and it means a prophesier as opposed to Islam, which is a prophet, and it's called Melachi. Melachi means in Hebrew, my angel. They say messenger, so they don't want to translate that. If you read that, you'll see how they address false Kohan. They call them false priests. People who are perverting the law, who don't keep the sacrifices and don't know how to do this and don't know how to do that. It's only four chapters, but it's the last of the 12. They have, they have the 12 of the 21 in the, in the Tanakh. 12 of the 21, which is supposed to be the 12 minor prophets. And the 12 minor prophets, they are there to explain to us where errors went wrong. And the last one, the most powerful, is Melech. And he predicts all the future events. Certain people would love for, uh, let's say, Elijah Muhammad to be Elijah. Other people would love for Hale Selassie to be the Lion of Judah. That just wasn't it. They never did anything that rendered them it. Their congregations are desperate for a person to hug, so they create an aura around a person that I met Hale Selassie personally. Right? He, he, doesn't see, he never saw himself as Jesus. Of course, we could say after that, well, of course, Jesus would say he's not Jesus. Then if we say, you know, if I say to you, are you Jesus? You say no. I say, okay, only Jesus would say he's not Jesus. Then I say, well, okay, then, then I am Jesus. Then you say, I told you, he's Jesus. Halakalasi never subscribed. Halakalasi educated in France. He was not a direct descendant from Solomon. And if he was a direct descendant of Solomon, what's important on that bulletin, it's still not good enough for us because they, his father and him both married Hittite women. They married the cursed seed of the canon, of which Abraham who was our father, and the shield falls under Abraham, not David. That's another thing I read. They mentioned the shield of David. Morgan Dawit is not Morgan Abraham. If you look in the 15th chapter in the first verse, Barashit, where they refer to as Genesis, the shield is Abraham's shield. That is the star we wear. The shield of, it's called Morgan Abraham. And he said, the Lord said, I am your shield. Abraham, they're following a different star, interlock star, which is a symbol of Satan. It has nothing to do with the star 
that were found. So what it is, is I addressed it like I read the pamphlets, I looked at them, I saw this from our books in it, I saw information that was wrong on Hala Selassie, so I said, I'm writing a book about Hala Selassie anyway. Not so much about Hala Selassie as the character, but as one of the characters in our Ethiopian life, because we are the original Ethiopian people. Sudanese are Ethiopians, whether they want to accept it or not. And Ethiopians are Kushites, and Kushites all come under Ham and Shem, right, which are the sons of Nah. So what I did is I addressed it subtly instead of opening like I usually do. What I usually do when someone writes me and says, you're wrong, you think you know what you're talking about, then I usually go, so you want to play games? And I write a whole book about them. <laughs> That's my way of saying, don't play with me. I'm not the same thing you are. I'm not some person who just pops up with a little information, you know, and, and trying to get a congregation. I say that to the five percenters. I say that to Farrakhan. I say that to the Sunni Muslims. This is a different level of information that we're coming from. And so what happened is I addressed it subtly the same way I did when the Sunnis first wrote about me. I put out a couple of little leaflets, and then I said, you understand what I can do when I come to the law? And then they came back with a cult book, and I said, okay, so you want to, I don't want to fight because this is going to be Kushite on Kushite, but being you want to play, let's dance. You know what I'm saying? I'm, by the time I wasted, you know, researching the Quran and showing them their errors, I could have spent raising the nation. And then I got sidetracked because I was on a Jesus Christ mission at the time, writing a series of books about how, who is Jesus' father. I was, you know, trying to get that spell of the ghost, the gospel, the ghost spell out of our heads. And I got sidetracked by my own people. And I got there. When I got there, I met the five percenters, and then I got sidetracked by the five percenters. And I'm like, back on mainstream, and I said, is this another, and I got this stuff, I said, I'm going to have to stand here and badger more of my own people, so I just passed let me just write about it, right, and left it on, I have a whole book on Ethiopia and the history of the line of descendancy of Judah, where they went, who they are, documented facts, not hypothetics, sure, it was a land, he was not from sure. He migrated to Shur. He was raised in a Gorah, another whole province in Ethiopia. Moved there, and the land was established by a descendant, and it wasn't Menelik. It's a whole big thing that they play games with people. When he went to Jamaica, for instance, he didn't even he didn't respect the Rastafarians. He was very disrespectful. Other flags, he did not acknowledge their presence at all. He visited the temple because he was forced to. But he didn't respect them. In Ethiopia, he was overthrowing the country. He brought Christianity into Ethiopia. The man who ruled Ethiopia before him was a Muslim. But he was not a Muslim. They say Muslim, and they try to make it sound like he was an Arab Muslim. He was not. He was a Sudanese Muslim who believed in the Torah and lived like we do as Islamic Hebrews. But they, they eliminated him to put Hala Selassie in so that they could bring Christianity in. And I'll tell you why. Because they're trying to find the Ark of the Covenant. This is what they want to get their hands on. They made a movie about it. Raiders of the Lost Ark because they know the power of the cherubim that El Elo Yahweh channels. He controls both Elohims, the Elohims that are good and the Elohims that are bad, which they don't say good and bad in Hebrew. We use the word tov and ra, which is agreeable and disagreeable, those disagreeable and agreeable Elohim. And the disagreeable ones are the ones that have the wings symbolic, right? They protect the Ark of the Covenant that we as Ben Yisrael. When he say Ben Yisrael, you're including Ishmaelites. Ishmaelites, Muslims may think they're in another religion, but they're nothing but a 5% branch off from Israel. We are Ishmaelites. We are Midianites. We are, just, we are Jacob's sons, but Esau is also us, so the Edomites are us. But they laid their mountains to waste because they maliciously 
went out and married Hittites. Maliciously, Yitzhak or Esau went out to marry Hittite women to get even because he lost the blessing. There's no such word as birthright in the Torah. It's not in there. The word is blessing, the word of Buroka, and it means the blessing. And that blessing was money. This is what the problem was. It wasn't about nothing spiritual. It was about money. And when Jacob got the money, Yitzhak was mad and went back to his father and said, could you give me a little money? <laughs> That's the Hebrew understanding from Aramic. But in the Christian Bible, you're going to get lost because they don't know what they're talking about. Never. Yes, so that's, that's why we came here. Yes. We came here because I want to get together with you and put out some stuff for a lot of the Rastafarians because I, I bear witness to your doctrine. So it wasn't a matter of we're trying to fight off your doctrine. Trying to work together. We're trying to hook up because um, some of the same things you're talking about now about Ethiopia, about the sun, and, and even etymology. The nine ether. Yeah, nine ether, number nine also. We've been saying for a long time. The Wapo. You know about the Wapo and all those? Yeah, yeah. Those are the ancient science. I heard a tape about the um, Benny Elohim. Uh, um, the Elohim. You are, you are Elohim. Believe it. Mm-hmm. And Elohim that sits here are both good and <laughs> bad, or simply agreeable and disagreeable. <laughs> That's us. You know what I'm saying? And he is L. L is the Elohim is the plural of it. You see that? L, Elohim. You are. That's why Yeshua said, is it not written in your law? I, he was sent. But notice he said, is it not written in your law? Because he was taking him back to Tiflin. The Tiflin is called what you refer to as the Psalms. The Psalms. And what they would do, let me just want to finish, they would sing a song. The whole congregation would sing. And this will also address this young lady's question. They would sing the song of praise, and at the end of the song, they would say, Salat. They say, that's true, but they say Salat. Salat in Hebrew is said, Sali. Sad, Lam, Lamet, and Hay. That's the Sali you see. That's like in Muslim saying, coming to Salat. Salat, Sad, Lam, Alif, Tamabuta in Hebrew is Sad. <laughs> you follow that? Lemeth and Hay. You ever notice that at the end of certain prayers? It says Sad, which meant now it's time to get up to pray. And when they got up and prayed, they raised their hand towards the sky. You can see this amongst the Falashians today, Havashia. Raise their hands towards the sky like you'll find on the walls in Mitzrayim, in Egypt. We raise our hands. What we did in ancient Egypt and what we did in Ethiopia and what we did in Sudan was the same. We didn't start looking down at fire until we got infiltrated by pale Arabs. And they taught us to stop looking towards Ra and start looking down at the ground. Everything, listen to this, everything that you know of that is healthy grows this way. Grows towards the sun. Not this way. You understand what I'm saying? So they, this was a major, a major plot to remove one spell, Christianity, and reinstill another spell, Islamic. And it wasn't the real Muslim teachers, because the real Muslim teachers, they held their hands up. Somewhere along the line, people got in, and they institutionalized Salat. And I said, let's go back to the Quran for what it's worth, Elves Quran, and look and see in it what he said. And eliminate all the things that we're doing that he does not say. And when you do that, you eliminate looking down because it's not in there. There's no place in the Quran where it says, put your hands on your heart and put your face down. My descendants did it. And they passed it on to me. And in your birth, you, it was passed on to you. You follow that? So that was step one. Right? Now we're moving on further to no longer worshiping, 
but becoming that which was worshipped. I'm putting it clearer. And I'm not saying L. Don't fool yourself unless you can create a net. All right? And if you get, if you get to that level, I'm just saying, we, but we have to become who we really are. And that makes us responsible for the universe because that's what we were created to be, caretakers. Do you hear me? And somewhere along the line, something got removed from us. It got removed in Genesis. If you look at the fourth chapter and the 26th verse, you'll see where it says, and the Almighty gave Adam and Eve another son to replace the other one, like and in the image and after the likeness of Adam. This son, Seth, was not in the image and after the likeness of Elohim, the angelic beings responsible for the replenishing an earth. Read it again. There's in the image and after the likeness of Adam. What state was Adam in in the fourth chapter, which is after the third chapter? Was he in a positive state or had he sinned? You see that? So Seth's seed, meaning most of you, right, were descendants from, like Adam, who had sinned. Now I talk simple, plain common sense. When you take a little baby, okay, whether it's black, white, or purple, do you have to teach that baby evil, or do they naturally take from other kids? Are they naturally possessors? You follow that? Do you realize that when your baby is hugging you and mooring on your hand, and you're fascinated that what the baby's really trying to do is eat you? <laughs> do you know that? You think that when your baby's mooring on your hand, that's cute. Your baby is really trying to eat you. It doesn't know that you're not food. A baby will reject you, and you can say, here's a cookie, and a baby will come. That's a certain part of our nature. That same nature that got, took us to the tree. Adam's seed was not good. Howard's seed was good. You follow that? Adam's name, originally, Adam's name, not Adam. Adam's name, because it said, and called their name Adama. The word Adama means of the dust of the ground. But in that same Torah, they give you the name of Adam and Eve when they say male and female created he them and called their names Adam. Now, what is the name then? When they use the word male, the same thing happens in El's Quran. They say, Zekar wa Antar. We created you male and female. Zekar wa Antar. However, the word Zekar, Zekara, has nothing to do with being a male or female or gender. It has to do with the word to remember, Zekar. You follow that? In the Torah, it says, male and female created he, them, and called their names Adam. Zakar wa Nakibu was their name. When you trace the Nakibu back to ancient Aramic, it means leadership and out front in power. And Nakibu was the female, not the male. Then Zakar was Adam's name. Adam doesn't mean that's his name. Adam means of the ground, an earth being as opposed to a Elohim being. There was Elohim of heaven and Elohims on earth, physical ones and spiritual ones. If you want to see it, again, in the book of Malachi, right in the fourth chapter of it, they call them the almighty God. Or they say God leads. And if you trip back to your Aramis, you'll see they have in there, Elohim al-Bashara. 
by Elohim in the flesh. Now, so you had Adam's seed, who's an Elohim, and you have Nakibu, who you call Hawa. And the reason why they call her Hawa or Haya, because it meant wind. You follow that? It meant the breath, the nachas that breathes into a person. And the reason why they say that woman comes out of man is because man decides the gender of the child, whether it's an XY chromosome. Not that somebody snaps nobody's rib, rips their chest open. That's not what's in there. <laughs> You're talking about a replenishing of the world, not a creation of the world. Adam and Eve were not the first people on the planet for us. You understand that? I'll give you some simple reasons why. One is, we, we use a basic biblical concept. We have Cain, Abel, Adam, and Eve. Is that the basic Christian concept? How many people was that? Four people. Cain kills Abel. He eliminates one of the people. How many people are left? Who are these people? Right? Adam, Eve, and Cain. Three people, right? Now, when the Almighty addresses Cain concerning the killing of his brother, Cain cried that his penalty is greater than he could bear, right? And then he said he put a mark on him, right? A birthmark, exactly what it is, a birthmark on him. That what? What was what was Cain afraid of? Tell me. Anybody what? Cain was afraid that anybody finding him will kill him. Could you tell me who was going to find him if there's only three people on the planet? Who was he afraid of if there was nobody else on the planet but him, his mother and father? It wasn't his father he was worried about. It wasn't his mother he was worried about. There must have been other people on the planet that he was worried about that would kill him. And when he left that land and went into the land of Nud, Nod, he encountered other people. There, it was already there, Nephilians. Then again, they say, the man should leave his mother and his father and cling unto his wife, and they should become one flesh. Correct? If these are the first people on the planet, who was that law for before it was said to them? It didn't say you are to leave your mother and father. It said a man, as if the law was already set. A man is to leave his mother and leave his father and cling unto his wife and there to become one flesh. If that law was set, who was it set for if there was nobody there? And nobody else got married. You follow? And why is the word refill or replenish? Because in Hebrew or Aramic, the word is bara. They don't use the word kalaka. Yes, there is a Hebrew word, kalaka, meaning creation, and it talks about the original creation that took place billions of years ago. But Adam and Eve, 49,000 years ago, was a recreation, a barra. And look it up in Hebrew. You see right there, barra. And that means to remake, to remodel, or to rebuild, not to create. We will continue following this brief intermission. Have you ever wondered why so many Nubians or black people seem to aid the devil in destroying us? Have you ever wondered why they sell the drugs and they pull the trigger? 
And the black cop may beat you worse than a white cop. And the black leader maid will chase you down, while the white leader maid may let you go. Or the minister would lie and say anything. Have you ever wondered why this is so easy to them? Then you must read a book called Are There Black Devils? For in the midst of us, living with us, marrying us, teaching us, preaching to us, are black devils who were here before the creation, the gravitation of the pale devil. Read the book, Are There Black Devils? A must for anyone who wants to know the truth. It's available at your nearest Tents of Abraham. To order, write to the Tents of Abraham, Post Office Box 50547, Atlanta, Georgia, 30302. about the breastplate in Revelation chapter 21 verses 18 to 20. Read where the priest wore the breastplate. This is not merely a piece of jewelry or an ornament. This is a sacred relic. Read in Exodus chapter 28 verse 15. For you are the original priest of the ancient house of Israel where your breastplate it's a talisman against evil. In 14 karat gold, for male, $475. Female, $275. To order, write to The Tents of Abraham, Post Office Box, 50547, Atlanta, Georgia, 30302. In place then. The planet had got so corrupted amongst the Elohims, and when you look up Elohims or heavenly hosts, you see that they say heavenly host for Elohim, for angelic beings. You follow that? So if the Elohim were beings who came to this planet from somewhere else, I'm saying somewhere else so I don't get distracted by UFO conversation. <laughs> Right, came to this planet from somewhere, and they lived on this planet. And they called them giants. It's, in, it's right in the Bible. Giants were in the earth in those days, right? And Adam and Eve encountered living and dealing with these beings. These people must have had laws. Adam or Eve, one of them had to be living by those laws to know the laws. Who was he talking to? Adam or Eve? When he spoke about that, a man. The law is that a man should talk to Adam. You'd like to believe that Adam was a good person. Adam was 
seven feet because he was an affiliate and an archive. His family had mixed in. They were part of the people called Path. Path are the original people of the planet Earth pygmies. Two people existed at the time that you identified. One lived over near the two rivers called Nile, or Nile, and others lived over near the two rivers called Tigris and Euphrates. You understand? And both of these rivers were fed from the Mediterranean. The only difference is when you look at the map today, you have a problem. You're trying to figure out how the water ran down the Nile this way and up the Euphrates this way. Correct? It ran through Greece and down through Babylon. How? Because it was before the planet was tilted off its axis. See, your planet has now been tilted on a 23-degree axis. So where Tigris would have been here, and the Nile would have ran there, down above, beneath the Mediterranean, now it's sitting like this, so it looks like it's impossible. So when you go to a map, you can't see those four rivers that's flowing down, and you get confused. But if you go back to before the planet got tilted off its axis, you'll see how the... You follow? So this part is on the eastern end of the garden, obviously. And where would that be at? That's in the Persian Gulf. That's in an area called Or, which means flames in Aramaic or Hebrew. Or means flames. The city of Nod was in the midst of the flames. And what is flames called? What do you know flames as? As hell. You understand? Flames is hell. And there is where the giants, the wicked beings, live. And it's said in, when you get to Barashat in the sixth chapter, that the sons of God, the first one, those are not positive Elohim. Those are negative Elohim, disagreeable. They took the daughters of men. You see the difference? The second time it says they went in unto. But the first time it says they took. That means they left. Euphrates area and went over into Egypt where we lived at the pygmies you follow that? we were, that's, we didn't stand over four feet at the time and the giants who came down stood over seven feet the normal height of a man whether you like it or not is five foot six inches I'm not five foot six so that's <laughs> don't think I'm saying it because it's me it's a perfect balance between the Elohim on that side and the Elohim on that side because we created him in our image. And if they're seven feet and they're four feet, the middle image would be five, six. <laughs> you follow? So now these wicked beings left their land and went over into Egypt called Mithraim, today called Gen, back then, Garden, and took women from all that they chose. You follow that? And that family that they chose that ended up on their side is where Adam, who was a descendant from the original people, that's why when you see the picture of Adam, he has wavy hair. He doesn't have nine ether. He has eight ether. There's nine, eight, seven, and six ether in our hair. Another question that comes up. How did Nathibu or Eve become light-skinned? Yeah. <laughs> That's because you want to convince yourself because you're dark skin that the first people were dark skin. It's very convenient. But genetically, that's just not true because two dark skin people can give birth to a brown skin person. 
it'll stay within a certain color range from Latino all the way down. When you get to the point where the skin is ghost-like, it's non-ether, it's ghost-like, it's transparent, then you've bred out of the Ethiopian people, the nine ether. Adam's family were Pathites. Of, of, that's the same path you read about in ancient Egypt, right, who influenced Amun-Ra. Mixed in, was kidnapped, taken over there to live in that land. Thus, Abraham's family is born out of all Chaldea, not being born in Ethiopia where they belong. And Adam himself was a mixture. He was a giant. He was seven feet tall to the original Pathites of ancient Egypt. You understand? So he was influenced by good or bad. Or what should we say, agreeable or... He was influenced by disagreeable people. Did... Did Nahas. Nahas is a Torah word for the whisperer. There's no word serpent in there. It's Nahas. One of his names is Sabun. That's one of his ancient names. It means a snake. His real name is Samuel. Samuel, that was his name. But who did he go to? Huh? He went to Eve. He did not go to Adam. Why didn't the devil go to Adam? Oh, he's already there. <laughs> He knew Adam. He knew Adam. <laughs> <laughs> what? Shouldn't it have been that he should have went to Adam and let Adam influence Eve as opposed to going to Eve and letting Eve know? Because Eve was of the original Pathites of ancient Ethiopia and was good. Adam's family had been living over at the Euphrates and had become influenced by evil. So the whole purpose of the breeding, or as the Honorable Elijah Muhammad spoke about, the graftation and the black and the brown seed, which is how and Adam, <laughs> was to breed the evil out of us and make us back into the image of the Elohim so you'd have contact like you used to directly with the universe through the dog star. You heard the dog star before? What is it called? Osiris. What is it called in Mithraim? Anubis. Uh, the jackal, the dog, you understand? Uh, the god of death, the god of life. That's our representation of black jackal to them. The worship, I'm right, when he's worshiping God, and God, like I said before many times, in dyslexia, his dog, he's talking about the god Anubis of ancient Egypt, which represented us. You understand? Not the jackal of the cave that he encountered when he had to go into the cave when the last sun cycle came through and the moon cycle went out. He was asking, why did Canaan go up into the cave? Because the sun cycle came in and the people of Nuwapu, the sun people come to power. And the night people, and let me give you some names for it. Dracula. <laughs> When you look in the New Testament, as it's called, in their Greek translations, the word for serpent is drag with a K, eon. Drag eon. And they say dragon. The name Dracula is from a German origin, and it's drag eon. <laughs> Dracula is a symbol of a being that cannot stay under the sun. He roams by night and he needs 
fresh blood because he is a hemophilia. A hemophiliac is a being that lacks hemoglobin in the blood and does not have the power to produce clotting factors. You with me? Dracula wears a long black cloak, symbol of the night. Dracula has to go into a sarcophagus or a sepulcher or a coffin in modern day. In ancient times, there were no coffins. People would put inside caves, and he has to have the natural soil under it. You follow that? So they unite in Europe. And they build underground tunnels in Europe. Does anybody know about all the underground tunnels that's being built in Europe? Dracula is aware that the sun cycle is coming in, so evening and morning is passing for a seventh day. Meaning, we had the 6,000 years, and let's read it the way you see it. We had a 6,000 year period, correct? Now, after 6,000 comes in, so if his time is up in the year 2000, which is the year 6000 from canon, that ends another day. And how does the scripture usually say? Evening and morning was the... Now let's go into the seventh day because everybody desisted on the last seventh day. <laughs> and they called it Shabbat. Right? Now we're coming into the seventh day. A new horizon. The sun is getting closer to the planet. Dracula has to get back in his coffin. Or the sun will burn him up. It's just called, in modern day, skin cancer. (laughs) Nubian people, stop wrestling with the devil. You already have the blessing. All you have to do is wait. All you have to do is be a (laughs) cupboard. Patience. When Allah Azim, the Supreme Soul, had finished all that was created on earth, he rested on the seventh day. Refer to Genesis chapter 2, verse 2. He then gave the commandment that man must observe his Sabbath day and keep it holy. Refer to Exodus chapter 20, verse 10. Everyone must realize the Sabbath is sacred. Al-Quran chapter 4, verse 154 in part. And we, the Elohim, said to them, the Israelites, don't violate the sanctity of the Sabbath. Whether you are an Israelite, Ishmaelite, or Midianite, you must keep the Sabbath holy if you want to keep the covenant. You have been listening to Rabboni Yeshua Bar El Hadi on Mount Zion, the city of peace. If you have any comments or questions concerning this program, write to the Tent of Abraham, Post Office Box 50547, Atlanta, Georgia 30303 <laughs>
glass system. The seven heads and seven mountains. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the women set it. And there are seven kings, five are fallen, and one is, and the other is not yet come. Most of these powers have lost their power, and a new power is coming. A new world order, a one worldism is coming out of it all, coming out of the combination of all of these beasts. Some of them have fallen back asleep, but inside the bottom of them, there is one who's working called Lucifer, and he's bringing up this power and his new empire in the midst of us, right up under our nose. They want your kids. That's why they're knocking on everybody's door for child support now, so they can get control of the kids. And they control the woman's womb, so they can control where that baby Jesus is going to be born. They didn't do this once, they did it several times. They did it back in Jerusalem a long time ago, where Herod said, I want to check every baby boy that comes into this world, because I know the king is coming. The King of Kings and Lord of Lords is coming. I'm going to kill him. And they're doing it to you right now, but you don't see it today. Are dangling in front of you some money. Tell her sister, take him to court. Get some money out of here. You know why? Once she put her name in their computer, she became theirs. They can come out and suggest the doctor. That you get an examination if you're not getting prenatal care. And if you don't get prenatal care now, they tell you that you can't have your baby in the hospital. So you got to go to them so they can check the brother baby. We know the brother comes. And they know Christ is going to be born among us. Because it says in Matthew, what? As the lightning shining out of the east, under the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. They didn't call him the son of God, they called him the son of man, but he's going to be born of a man and a woman inside. Lightning does not come down, lightning goes up. Do a little investigation when you see lightning, like when you scratch something and the sparks you see, the lightning is really going up after the, what they call, friction. Christ is going to come up this time, like the people tonight. They said, uh, he, was, he didn't come like a thief the night before. Harry knew he was coming. That's not like a thief. <laughs> we were all the way in Persia called Magus or wise men knew Jesus was coming and followed the star all the way to Bethlehem that sounds like the people in like to you but the new one is coming you know what I mean? <laughs> the savior of the world is coming he has to come like a people in night because the devil is looking for him you just don't realize that the devil just has more sophisticated technology and capabilities than he had yesterday. Now he uses the welfare, which is saying farewell to your man. And he's clocking your life. They're knocking on the door and saying, look, they're going to take pictures of your house and your car. And they'll say, look how he lives and look how you live. You need to get some of that money. Sign your soul to us. She's busy going after the dollar. One property man. And lose. So he knows how to tip you. He dangled that money in front of him like this. Come on, get a couple of extra hundred dollars. 
Close your bank account. They want the money, but mainly they want to control her genes. They want to control that baby because they know that baby Jesus is coming. They know why? Because they see the signs of the times. They see nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. They see pestilence in diverse earthquakes, in diverse places that earthquake in New York. Right? They see many false Christ. Matthew 24. Come in. Say in Jesus is Christ. Not saying this. I like Yahweh, but Yahweh out here preaching Jesus is Christ. But going deep in those pockets, taking out that money. Jesus is going to say, I didn't have any You work with every nigga. You fight for But he's going to say, Well, didn't we heal and work miracles in your name? I'm going to say, Get away from me. Oh, no, you. Oh, they're laying on hands and knocking old ladies down on the stage by running around in the road and creating static electricity. Oh, he's good at it. I like that anywhere, too. He's coming around the road and working with that static electricity. And they walk in somebody to power me. Come 
but they don't want you to see. You can go get a Strong's Concordance or go into Borders or into Barnes and Nobles and go over in the biblical section and sit down and take the Strong's Concordance and read the Bible and see the Strong's number, write it down and go in the back and look and look at the Greek and say, Ethnics. Ethnics. The target is us. The devil is targeting us. But they're saying all nations are right, we everywhere you can think. <laughs> I was in France and English was speaking French. I was in Germany and English was speaking German. I was in Japan and English was speaking Japanese. <laughs> I've been many places and I ain't been nowhere where I ain't seen a nigga yet. <laughs> Niggas be popping up like magic. <laughs> you go to Jerusalem amongst the Nazarites and the niggas up there. That's your uncle. Speaking yeah. <laughs> Hebrew. Your Bible? They told us they're going to spread us across the earth like the stars of heaven. We're everywhere. God's people is everywhere. God's chosen is everywhere. We are Israelites. We are Ishmaelites. We are Midianites. We are Kemites. We are what they call uh, Mesomites. We are. Give me some whites. <laughs> but we ain't Amorites, and we ain't Gary. <laughs> That's your burden to bear. Genesis 925, Leviticus 14, 33. Go read it if you dare. Not trust me. Go ahead. And the ten horns which, which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore. They're going to turn on her themselves. That's how you know who's really doing it. Go ahead. And shall make her desolate. And make her desolate. And naked. And shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. Wow, you that deep? You ready? I'm ready if you ready. For God has put in their hearts to fulfill his will and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast. You gone. Until the words of God shall be fulfilled. And the woman which thou hast seen, thought, is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. New York City, Wall Street. World Trade Building, United Nations, that's the city where the holly is coming out the water called the Statue of Liberty. It closes the book of the law of God and creates their own law. It says in God they trust, but in the devil they trust. And after these things, I saw another angel. Tell them where we're going. Revelation 18. Now we get into the nitty gritty. Y'all want to stop now, but I'll take you through it. I don't mind going home, you know. Let's go to Revelation 18 and walk that walk and talk that talk a little longer. Go ahead. And after these things, I saw another angel. Another angel came after those things. After these things are set up. Another angel comes, and what happens? Come down from heaven. Yes. Having great power. And the earth was lightened with his glory. Mm. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon, the great, is fallen, is fallen. And has become the habitation of devils. What? Babylon has become what? The habitation of devils. Who lives in New York? Devils. Who lives in London? Devils. Who lives in Chicago? Devils. What? Another city of not in heaven is by devils and and what? The hold of every foul spirit. And foul, unclean spirits. Roam the streets at night 
seducing people, possessing people to do things they never could imagine they would do. Serial killers being possessed by forces. You know what I'm These are spirit powers and human devils. Walking in the streets while you went around, every now and then you see one. I mean, sometimes you can see it. You say, that thing going on with you. That man don't talk about his speeches. It's strange, you know. Or you walk, you be somewhere, and they get near, you like, you feel like a chill. You know what You know there's something wrong with that person. I had one look at me and smile. Scared the hell out of me. I ain't lying. Looked at me and smiled and laughed. I pride myself in being a warrior. Scared the hell out of me, though. I made a pack of my wall and put it up. <laughs> no, see, I'm one of them type of guys who perform the exorcism and get out of there. I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm leaving you with the same burden I'm left you. I'm going to tell you how we're going to handle this one. The roar was a little too loud. The voice a little too deep. It doesn't sound like it's a little too big. So you're going to have to live with this, right? You all bring a little smaller devil I'll work with you. Maybe we have it. I don't want nothing to do with him. I'll walk out on you. Don't call me into an accident if the devil's bigger than me. I'm saying, one scared me. They exist. You can see them in parties sometimes. You ever go to a party and you see somebody, you know they're the devil? Something about them? They just be standing there. They're like, they ain't doing nothing. They ain't dancing. They just looking for souls. And then he usually has a friend around called Lilith. Lilith is fine. There we go. You know, Jesus said, if you're sitting with your eyes covered out, all of us would have no eyes. <laughs> but when Lilith comes around, Lilith is fine. Look like everything, if you be looking from the head to toe, Lilith looks good, right? That's the devil's daughter. She's in the body to lure you, to hold your attention. She even gives you a number. Six, six, six. You take pictures. Her job is to lure me and you, to break our lives, to destroy the matter. And then change us. Now I'm going back to that club next week. I'm going to fix up there. Let's go back there next day. You did that before? Now we're down that party, man, that club, man, that club. Oh, man, we're going back. He was there because they were supposed to be there to lure you there. You get old little to the bathtub and wash all that stuff up and sat that wig off and keep out of my face. And I asked him to lie on the lip and all that and make me so bad. And see what? Well, I mean, you know what? Little came from him to be little. Hey, brother. Wait to get through this. Man, for all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of the fornication. People, uh, there you go, fornication. What is it? Lust. You can, you, you can stop using the word pornography and see that it's all about seduction and lust. 
We get to an age where we start thinking we're pretty or handsome, and all we start thinking about is girls and sex or boys and boyfriends. And that's what our life goes bad. Then school don't matter, future don't matter, church don't matter, nothing matters no more. I just want to be where the boys are. I just want to be where the girls are. That's all that matters. Right there. And the kings of the earth have committed pornography, fornication with her. Or lust her. Red and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich. You know what they have for merchants? Empress. The Greek word in there is empress. Kings from other lands come here and can buy prostitution on the streets. The valor, they better not come from Saudi Arabia. And they better not get caught doing any prostitution in Saudi Arabia. They'll be all singing in soprano. No. The merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacy. Yeah. America offers so much, so much wealth, so much delicacy. But what? And I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people. Jesus said, be in the world, but not of it. He didn't mean for you to try to get out. He just said, come out of her. Step out of her ways, my people. Come out of her and get back in grace. Man, come out of her, my people. Be not that you be not partakers of her sin. Hey, and that you receive not of her plague. Hey, man. for her sins have reached unto heaven, and God has remembered her iniquity. And what? Reward her even as she rewarded you. She's getting back what she does to people. And double unto her, <laughs> double according to her works. <laughs> I ain't gonna be like this. Do, do. In the cup which she has filled, filled to her double. Her own abominations and fornications and filth. Her cup is twice. She's gonna get everything back twice sold. How much she has glorified herself. This is his part. And live deliciously. So much torment and sorrow give her. How she glorifies herself. How they sit on television and say, We never thought this could happen here. (laughs) We never thought anybody would hit us. You know, I don't feel safe no more. It gets deeper. We don't, brother. According to her words, in the cup which she has filled, filled to her double. How much she has glorified herself and lived deliciously. So much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I stood a queen and am no widow and shall see no sorrow. I didn't inherit this land from nobody. I'm no widow. I took it from the Native Americans. And I will never suffer. That's what God tells us New Babylon is going to say. I will never see sorrow. That's what she believed. Read it again. So much torment and sorrow give her. But she I, can, say it. I can run a list of countries that suffered by the, by the hands of this power. What they say? They what? I stood a queen and am no widow. I am a hoe. <laughs> and I did not get my power. By some man dying. I didn't inherit this here. I took it. And what? 
and shall see no sorrow. I ain't gonna never suffer. Ain't nobody gonna never tear down nothing. There'll never be a war in this soil. That's what they believed before 9-11. You know what 9-11 is, right? 911, emergency. <laughs> oh. Go ahead, next move. <laughs> Therefore, shall her plagues come in one day. One day. All of it happened in one day. We got up, we turned on the television, and we saw a plane in a building. We said, my God, there's an accident in New York. A plane ran into the world table. Ain't that the first thing you thought when you saw it? That's the first thing everybody thought when didn't read the Revelation. By golly, there's an accident. All in one day. Go ahead. So great of death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire. Sounds familiar to me. I saw people crying. I saw people's faces covered in dust, blood all over their bodies. I saw men that were burned so bad that they said on the news they were begging to die. That their whole body was burnt. And you know when a person's body gets burned from head to toe? Their skin, they got to put on gauze and rock and uh, rip them off every day. Their nerve system goes berserk. These men want to die, but couldn't. They were seeking death, but death was fleeing from them. Go ahead. But strong is the Lord God who hey. judges her. Hey. And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her. When they shall see the smoke of her burning. You remember the scene? From away from New York. And they showed you smoke and fire burning coming up from a distance on the other side of the shore. When all them investors in Long Island, all them investors were standing off from afar, but they had offices that were hooked up with the World Trade, and you just stand there going, oh my translated from the Hebrew, unless you understand Hebrew or Greek, 
And that's what a handicap that the religion of Christianity has. What it does, it doesn't enforce the language before it gives the child the scripture. It gives them the scripture and never asks them to study the etymology of the language to find out whether or not what's contained in this book is true or false. To say that everything in the Bible is not true would be untrue. To say that everything in the Bible is true would also be untrue. But I can start from, from, from right here in Genesis and open it and say, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Correct? Was that in the beginning or at the beginning? Now, just what did he mean by in the beginning? Because in can imply that this is not at the very beginning, that this is in a period of time within a creation story. And they do those type of things to leave you in a state of confusion while they're talking about where you should direct your soul. They're talking about heaven and hell, judgment, the end, and where people will eventually end up. Yet the book is vague, extremely vague. And you've been taught if you question its validity, then you're antichrist. You're taught if you start to ask the reverend to prove points, you must be on the devil's side. You can't possibly be righteous and ask the man about this book and say, well, as far as I'm concerned, I find more inconsistencies in here than facts. If you do that in church, then you are a bad person. So the answer to your question is, no, everything in this book is not wrong. But in fact, the very statement in the beginning, in the beginning of God, is a true sentence. Whether or not the actual incident took place is another story. But the grammar is pretty correct. Selected the nomenclature for that specific chapter at this point, he did pretty good job. That's true. What it says is not true. It's not, this is not the beginning of the world. This is not the beginning of all creation. Adam and Eve were not the first two people on this planet. And the planet, as they say, was not created 6,000 years ago. And how do we know that? Because, talk to me, say it again. Because it says right inside this book that the gold of Ethiopia was good. And it takes more than 6,000 years for gold to germinate. So now how did God direct gold in Genesis and say the gold of Ethiopia is good after the Bible has just began, Adam and Eve has just been created one chapter before. Somebody made up a mistake in their time zone. What you got to understand is sometimes a person will say that man just began because he's talking about himself and he has history. He doesn't have. He keeps out as a <laughs> and talks to you about they are people who began with Adam and Eve 6,000 years ago. That was their beginning. And they were created in the image and after the likeness of God. That's true. And they did a bunch of devilishment because they're associated with a serpent-like creature. I say serpent-like creature. But I don't believe, and I hope you don't, brother, that when I open this Bible to Genesis chapter 3, and it says, now the serpent 
for the most subtle of all the beasts of the field, which the Lord God had made. I know you don't believe that that was a snake. But the word there is nakash. It means a whisperer. It doesn't mean a snake. And if it was a snake, you'd have to explain a couple of verses down which species of reptile that you know can hold a conversation. <laughs> that while Eve was molding in the garden past the tree, a snake leaned over and said, Who has? <laughs> I want to talk to you as bad mouth God. Again, it says that God created this serpent or made this serpent and therefore gave this serpent the power to think. Right? And this very serpent that God made and gave the power to think thought to talk bad of God to the first creatures created other than him or itself, right? The first indication in this creature's mind was to tell these new created beings, don't trust God, right? That don't make no damn sense. <laughs> it don't make no sense 5,000 years ago, and it don't make no sense today. If you want to teach us something, teach us something that makes some damn sense. That's what it's all about. So, brother, the book got some facts in it. <laughs> But as far as it being a guideline to take people back to heaven, an unconfirmed place, as far as it being a manual for doing right and wrong, hell. This book here covers everything from rape to incest to murder to cannibalism. Every type of sin that's on the planet was introduced in this book. You know how I say that? Because you wouldn't even know what sin was if you didn't read the Bible. You were taught what sin was when you read the Bible. When a man tells you what not to do, he's also telling you what to do. When a man says, thou shalt not kill, and at the end of that lecture says, now let's have a feast of an animal which we kill. When a God says, thou shalt not kill, but go and sacrifice for me, Cain and Abel, the first thing, go kill some animal. And then when Cain learns, killing is the right thing to do, for God says it's okay. He only kills his brother. He says, well, now, in this case, it's the wrong thing to do. And then human beings, convince themselves that God is saying that because they are human and we are animals. And then scientists come along and say, excuse me, homo sapiens is an animal. You're just like any other animal, but you don't have the right to kill. Can you live as a herbivore? Yes or no? Yes. So you don't have to eat animals, please. No. You chose to tear into the animals. And when you see a Jesus take down a deer or a gazelle on television, wildlife, and you see a poor deer running, a whole herd, and you see them start down, you go, oh. And when you bring Bambi down, you <laughs> start to rip Bambi on television, you go, you go, that's disgusting. You want to get down and something you want to see that with a chicken. <laughs> 
he would tell them, I know where there's another God. And his flock chose. Take and go down to Egypt and sojourn there until further notice. I'll call you later. Don't call me. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, that's what your Bible says your God did. Your God told him, Joseph. Yeah? <laughs> Herod wants to kill you in the case. I kill. This is God, man. Send his angels, his own messenger to talk to Joseph. Right? And said, Herod wants to kill you and the boy. Take the boy. God in our name. Take him into Egypt and stay there until Herod dies. Now, I don't know about you, but my mind says that whoever was talking didn't have the power to say to Herod, Herod, I created the sun, moon, and the stars. Every animal is deep in the part of life. The breath in your body. You understand? If you touch my son, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> Oh, 
God does not erase you. As we say, that's a sermon about the death. I, I wish I could have gotten back and say, did what you get over? Because it's easy for you to say that shit, because you sitting up there in the church, you know, a bag is unmarried. <laughs> Going against the Bible, which says be fruitful and multiply, you are unfruitful and unpleasant. <laughs> so you don't know about the affection of having a child that you raised in love. It's easy for you to open this book and say, let me find something that I'm going to God loves Where the hell was God when the kid was pulling the trigger? So I mean, why did God let it happen? You got to go where? Malachi is taking it. So you don't misconstrue how I'm teaching But it's easy to go to the point and say, he's going to have to fight. But one day I'm going to stay with you. The point is, why would God allow that much sorrow, that much pain, that much hurt the innocent family in your quiet, nice neighborhood? Or where apparently your statement meant it's all right when it happens to us. But to you, it's not supposed to happen. Why does God let things like that happen? Let's talk tornado. Let's talk flying babies. I'm not talking about the one we talked about two weeks ago. We're now standing here two weeks later, and we got a whole lot more of messing up people's lives on behalf of your God. Is it necessary? The question is, does God have the power to prevent the tornado? Can he direct the tornado? Send them away from the children. Can he send them down the strip where the prostitutes and uh, pornography stores are and wipe that shit out? Well, he said it to a neighborhood where crack houses are. And it's a problem. You know, a tornado can knock down right about one house, pick up, and knock down again. Why well, ain't God aiming this shit? Because <laughs> I know some niggas that need to be tornadoes. But <laughs> you want to sit around and huddle together in little rooms and make life, God got power. Y'all better wake up. Mother Nature got the power. <laughs> Mother Nature knocked on God's door. Let me tell you why and how. Knocked on the church door. And if God don't open the door himself and say, you can't knock this church down, tornado or fire will knock the church down. I'm saying that to say, if God was in the church, I'm quite sure, because God can throw tornadoes, he wouldn't send a tornado to a church in which he is standing. You know what I mean? Right. So now churches are flying through the air. I saw them on television. They go, woo! <laughs> God wasn't at that church. <laughs> you hear me? Yeah. This is the day of time, man, y'all. 
Right. And before I finish beating up your head, and this Koran is going to get, and all other people say something on it, we will talk about the day and time we're in. We will talk from a book that is accurate. We will talk from a book that predicts things and they do happen. We will talk about that. Right? But meanwhile, back at the church, <laughs> you're trying to lead me into the hands of an unconfirmed God or And if you can tell me something better, Christian brother, sister, or Muslim brother, sister, stand up and tell me something better about why your God lets these things happen to innocent people. Why? Why is, and I said it's amazing, why is there evil? You know why? Because someone creates it. Now, let me say this. If you're in a situation with a bunch of good people, yeah, and one person goes off and does something evil, what do you call that person? The devil. Correct? He creates a devilish situation. He becomes a let me see. Y'all with me? Okay. Now, the serpent was more subtle than any piece of the seal which the Lord God had made. According to this Bible, who created the devil? Now, if I come into your neighborhood and take a good person, and turn them into a devil, how do you come up? If I create a devil to do devilishness, then I must be a So this God created the devil. And after he created the devil, the devil went about his business of doing some devilishness and messed up out of his life. By stepping into the heart of one of Adam's sons, who took the life of his brother. That's after he met them, and the devil was in his devilish Because you see, Adam and Eve didn't know good people yet. But they couldn't have been devilish. You know what I mean? So, I had a Christian and Muslim. Why did the Lord come over to Adam? Or Jesus, or Yahweh, or his way? Oh, brother, why did he create a devil? That's the next in the song. Why did he say a devil? We can look at the power of the world for 6,000 years. They say, the Lord is no power of the power of the Lord. In fact, he's come. It's only time to take the devil off the planet. And they think that's an answer. You heard that if you're 5% of God and earth, or nation of God, no point happens. But you're not listening. God created the devil so that he could come to show somebody something? Why? Why does God have to come and why does God have to prove himself to you if God indeed created you and the rest is in your body? I mean, this God. You better guard yourself against this God. That's what you better do. So this is dangerous mess. This has people, I'm saying, this has people up there who got struck by tornadoes on the church Sunday and say, oh, God. 
We know that you are living. We know we have your blessing. Now my baby's dead. Yeah, I would be the fool in the church to say, well, tell God to bring my baby back. You say there's nothing that uh, God cannot do. And Jesus brought people back from the dead. And you say that Jesus is on church Sunday, that's why we're here. And this Sunday morning while I'm here, when I know you say God talks to your heart, we are all here in the congregation would like to take a few moments so you can get to the telephone and call God so he can take this shit out down here or I'm not putting no more money in his bankroll or no more time inside his book of my deeds that he should be controlled. And when you do that, you know what? A red plan goes up. God told me to say, oh my God, what's going on out there? What's going on out there is what we're asking. But the tornadoes went around us. Going houses, churches, schools, passed right by us. He was calling us, huh? You know what right down there? Like, Y'all don't, y'all really don't believe, huh? <laughs> Something wrong with you? You know them with that line? That's the day and time we're in. Because we were forewarned about this. You were taught about this. So that you can remove the spell of ignorance from yourself. Move the blindness. Put the blindness to leave. The power of belief. I keep thrilling it with you. But once they got you believing, they can get you believing anything about anybody without free investigation. They tell you, man, that guy York out there in Yorkie, I think he's some anti-Christ. And all the people who want to believe that say, ooh. Some other people say, well, I'm the type of person. Then I'm going to go out there and find out not so much. I won't be better than I'm going out there. There's cheese out there. There's chopping up. I heard they cook people in it. It has to get more dramatic. And then, well, I'm going to go out there and get chopped up. I'm going to go out there and see what the niggas are doing out there. When they come out here, they say the same thing. Why are they doing this? I say because we go for self. And they're afraid that this is spreading. And that they lose the image of the beast, as this book talks about, that they have instilled in our minds, that they lose our concept of beauty. And like I said before, this award, Erica Bardo, walked up in front of little Kim with a gay on. Like he sent us over here, and a tight skirt, long to the ground, and she stood there with the water there. I said, they want to say thank you. <laughs> and walked off, right? The difference between me and you. When I watched it, when you watched it, it's a different thing. When I watched it, I smiled inside. Because I saw the waffle being full of 
we got everybody from Shango, Ogun, Obatala. We got ancestors that you don't know about. They're waiting for us. Whether we're in Haiti or in Puerto Rico or Cuba or in America or in Nigeria, we got ancestors that are working with us. We got powers. I was watching television and people was running around doing that tornado and I was looking for the walking. I was running. <laughs> <laughs> not fair. But hell, God was aiming. <laughs> God was aiming. God was like, that Because they gather in decorated rooms with artificial crosses or stars of David or whatever. And once they get assembled in ranks and files or, or seats or whatever, they do not shut up and listen 
with an inner voice to give them a message. No prophet has ever said, I received a revelation while I was praying. They say, I received a revelation while I was meditating. Muhammad went up into the mountain, away from everybody, and fasted. And then he prayed, and then he fasted and waited. And listen. So as I said, when a person is indulging in prayer, they're talking. And it's an Islamic prayer, they start off with Alhamdulillah, but they're talking. They're not listening. And in the midst of this ritual, they have a phylactic ritual of prostration, piyama, and then when they stop, they point the finger this way, and they're looking up, looking at greeting things. They're greeting angels that ain't there. Now, there's a brother sitting there trying his best to be an angel. They're not acknowledging him. But they're going, look, something ain't in the Quran nowhere. He's about to make. But they have all this talking. And they get up and they go, mama, they're going to be other. And they go home. And they wait for the next of the five prayers to do the exact same ritual. Not once are they so sit down, shut up, and listen to that voice inside of you. And listen to what it's saying. You know why people don't want to do that? Because the voice inside will tell you the truth about yourself. You can't lie to yourself. And you might not want to hear what that voice has to say about you. So those kind of prayers are convenient. It's actually served the same way as the father's up there, whatever you call it, the Montenegrin. He got all these little clothes on, he's carrying on. He's whatever in Latin. He's running on. He's like, nobody's stupid. He held me in the face and he's bothering Everybody's doing all this stuff and nobody's. They want to keep you praying. Now, people well, why did we pray for so many years? Because you are listening to any and everything. You had to stop listening in order to hear the truth. You had to discipline yourself, gather in a room. There's nothing wrong with a jump start, an early morning prayer. A jump start of some physical and oration of gratitude and thanks for, the, for getting up that morning. But by the time you get to the afternoon or the evening, you know, it's time to sit down and assimilate that day of events and what part it plays in this short journey through life that you're on. And then before you go to rest at night, then it's all right again. To say thank you for getting me through this day, and, and may I rest under you through this night, and thank you for my family and everybody else, and then go on to a state of rest or deep rest or sleep until the next morning. Good. But to keep a person praying constantly is to keep a person not thinking, and that's why it's hard to go to listen to anybody else because they're not willing to listen. And the time we start. It's because I hear someone call you. Call the other. Then I gotta run into a room and do a ritual of wooding, washing and a door. I'm saying something as I'm washing. Then I go into the masjid and I sit down and I start my meal. I'm saying something. 
And if I get any time to rest, they say, pick up the Quran and read it. Don't sit there and think. If you get a little gray area, grab your Quran while you're waiting for prayer. Say, your mom comes late. What they, what they tell you to do? Grab the Quran, sit there and start reading. Ooh, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Just still not sitting there, just thinking. Thinking. In fact, in Islam, if you finish a lot, and a brother or sister stayed in the mosque in prostration, you would say, is that person crazy? Why is that person still kneeling down the mosque? If someone stayed at the fair with pain on the floor because they wanted to be in tune with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we would assume something was wrong with that person. We wake up, you fall asleep, brother or sister, are you okay? They say, yeah, I just want to sit there for a while. What's wrong? I just want to tune myself in my well, You can't do that here, brother. That's taking place in Muslim world right now. If you go to a religious environment and you don't do what they want you to do, step by step, ritual by ritual, they consider you a threat and they're ready to bodily remove you. You go to the church of God, called churches, and they're locked on Saturday. You go to the synagogue with the Jews and they're locked on Sunday. Most monsters are locked every day but Friday. They're not serving that person. They don't want you to start the inner journey to link up with the God within yourself. You follow that? Because that will start you towards the bosom of Allah. And when you get in the bosom of Allah, you'll see what the Christians are talking about when they say Jesus is God. You have to get to the highest point of physical from the lowest point of physical the master and you yourself or myself as physical are at the lowest point of I'm as physical as I can be. And that has nothing to do with your actions and your deeds and I'm a talk you eat or that's what I mean. I mean your very state of existence as a dense body is as physical as you could be. You can't get any harder. Now, of course, if you take a martial arts course and take a bag of hot sand and continue to bang your fist inside it until you get calluses and say click, 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 click on your knuckles, you can assume you got harder. You didn't get harder. You got nearer to getting skin cancer. It may be cute. You may feel cool <laughs> with calluses on your hands and calluses on your feet, and you can go bang rocks. It's very easy to break a brick, but bricks don't fight back. A whole bunch of wood, and some guy jumps up and goes, hi, uh, boom, and breaks, and everybody goes, clack, 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 clack. Let them, hi, boom, something hard as a brick like a rhinoceros. See how you handle that. You are as dense as you can become as a being. Your journey is definitely the other way. You must first study the degrees of density, which is introduced to you by religion. Because religion separates you from the spiritual realm by declaring you other than God. And declaring God or Allah or whatever name that oh Spiritual, thus confirming that you must be physical. And that your journey from this physical state is to the spiritual realm. See how you do it? So you stay caught up in religion, separating yourself from God, praying to God. And when a man like this says, the great Honorable Elijah Muhammad comes along and says, 
give them back their spookism. You insult your intelligence. You actually get offended. And the person says, Brother, you are God. I ain't no God. He said, You are God. Now, even in the nation of Islam, they didn't listen to the lessons close enough to catch what he was saying. They said, Man, he is God. Talking about Fard or Farad or whatever name they chose. That's him right there. That was the lesson said. Lesson said, Who is the original man? The Asiatic black man, maker, owner, king of the planet Earth. He also added father of civilization, God of the universe. And that was not an Asiatic black man because, check it now, that couldn't have been Farad. Because Farad was not an Asiatic black man. He was a half original, like Moses, as they put it. Not original man. Now his father was an original man, according to their teachings. And his mother was a Caucasian, according to their teaching. That doesn't make him a Saudi Arabian. That makes him a Malana. To be a Saudi Arabian, you have to have a Saudi Arabian mother and a Saudi Arabian father. The word mulatto was a compliment. The word mulatto comes from moled. It's an Arabic word. One who is of the sun. One who's of an original birth. After it comes, look it up. You know me. Don't believe me? Check it. So now, if that lesson says that, uh, that Allah, the original man, the Asiatic black man, make a whole opinion of time, his father's civilization, last and most, and most important, but God, then he was trying to teach them that all of you are God. That's not that far. That's in the Psalms and in the book of Psalms. You're not reading the Lord, I say, you are God. That brother there thinks he's a prophet. Me. He thinks he's the Messiah. I'm not a prophet. I'm not the Messiah. Though I do prophesy, I don't want the title. It's limited. If I'm, though I am a Messiah, because I anoint people, and I was anointed, I don't want to be the Messiah. It's limited. I'm God. And so are you. If you take a drop of water out of the ocean and put into that drop of water a living being, that drop becomes an ocean. You me? It's only a drop when it's in the presence of the ocean. When it's all to itself, it in itself is an ocean. And if I am in the image and after the likeness of God, and that God that they speak about in Genesis is an Elohim, consisting of both good and bad, cherubim and cherubim, or toad and ra, however they want to put it, if I am a God, they say, well, look now, the man has become like one of us to know. So if I am like that God, and that God has good and evil, that explains why I do so much evil. So much shadiness and shiftiness. And don't act like you don't. That also 
explains why you want to do good and do good by others. Right? Because it's there. And that makes us that drop of water from that great ocean to all. And I don't care how far you take water from the ocean, it's always trying to be back. You put water in your hand, it'll seep through your fingers, through the cracks of your hands, and if not, it will evacuate into the atmosphere. If you put it into a, a, a contained environment where it can't seep through, you let that water sit there, and it may take months, but that water will evacuate. Go up there and come back down and find its way back to that ocean. If they make coffee in it, and sugar in it, and milk in it, when it gets into your body, your body is going to split the water. Take the coffee and the sugar, if I had the milk, and then take the water out of the milk, you follow that and maintain three fourths of that body as water. So if the body maintains its liquid state, it then already passed the solid state. It's already on its way back to the ocean. See, Christianity is a physical state. That's why we call the first degree crisis. It's all based on the death of a man and the resurrection of a man. For you to receive perfection, you must pass through this physical thing. That's it. Moses is the law. It's not the physical. It's the death. It's law. It's ritual. It's practice. But it's not death. No way in Judaism they say you should die to go to heaven for your sins. It says kill something else. Sacrifice a lamb, a goat, a dove, a turtle dove, an oxen, but don't sacrifice human beings. They got it backwards to be Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. You know what I'm saying? Not Judaism, Christianity. They got it backwards. That's the gas. When you get to Islam, it's all supposed to be spiritual. What happened is the leftover Christians and the leftover Jews conquered Islam. That's why Islam is called Islam, a state of peace. But the mortals, the citizens, want to define it as submission. Because submission is bodily and spiritual or gaseous liquid I submit to say wholeheartedly body and soul all remnants and due to Allah no equal has each all is physical they remove that the highest point in Islam was the Muttasawah the Sufi that all Muslims the Quran is saying Zikr Allah Zikr Allah Zikr Allah remember Allah Remembering is not talking. So they should remember and say, Oh, you want me to remember Allah? Listen, this is Islam. Listen. Remember Allah. They sit down and go, Allah, 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 Allah. I'm not remembering. When I say to you to remember your childhood, you immediately start on an inner journey back to your childhood. 
You go inside yourself back in time to find a point in your childhood that you prefer. Because I didn't specify, remember your first beating, or your first dog, or your first bite, or your first fall, or your first boyfriend, or your first school date. I just said, remember your childhood, which is such a massive amount of time that you have to decide where in that childhood. Mm-hmm. So when someone says, remember Allah, they're saying go inside back, like the childhood, and find some point in there where you can remember something Allah has done. You might go back and say, I remember the day my little brother was born. And I was standing there. And when he came out, it was just fantastic to see light emerge from the room. Allah You know, that might be the way you remember Allah. You might be, I was there on my grandmother's house. I was there when she took her last breath. She looked like she looked over at me. And she sighed and she smiled. And I heard to take that breath. I remember when I first went to church, I was sitting there and the rebel was just preaching. And my grandma was on this side, my grandfather was on this side, my friend was over there, my uncle was over there at the church, in my family church. It was so beautiful. I just got this feeling inside. I felt so warm and loved and accepted. I remember Allah, just because of Allah. I can do that with Judaism, Buddhism, whatever. It doesn't have a denomination. Because it's taking you back on a journey to where you relinked up to the body. You made connections with the people of the The real you.
It all can, I can. It all does, I do. Coming to you from the Egyptian Church of Karas, Christ Incorporated. This program is for one group of people and one group only, the children of God. We no longer have to wonder or wander off the straight path. For those who want to make a difference, for those that want to know the truth to so many unanswered questions, and for those who are tired of the devil taking control over everything in their lives and the lives of their children, This program is set up for those who want to be in God's kingdom here on earth. According to the scripture, Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore we must take back control of our lives. We, the Egyptian Church of Karaz Christ Incorporated, are reaching out to embrace all the children of God, as it states in Psalm chapter 82, verse 6. I have said ye are God, and all of you are children of the Most High. Next, you will be listening to our pastor, Reverend Dr. Malachi Z. York L. in question and answer form. In Revelation 12:9, where it states that God has the devil and his angels out of heaven. Where the devil wants God's children? Well, that you mean was the devil amongst the angels yes. of God? Yes. Well, it says that the Bible says he was a cherub. And you notice in Genesis chapter 3, the end of it, God uses the cherub to uh, protect the gates of paradise. So in actuality, answer quite simply, yes. The devil was one of them. That's why they called him a fallen angel. Then he fell from the way. He took one third of the heavens with him down to earth. Now, let's think about that now. If you really read that section, when they make reference to the devil, that tells you that though this is in the book of Revelation, this event took place a long time ago. Now, read it, but they will say that something devil. We don't really say it. And the great dragon was cast out that, that old stuff. You said it too quick. Say it again. And the great dragon was cast up. That old serpent. This is the old serpent. This was not the present day serpent. This was not the presence of John's time in the year 96 when he was receiving this revelation. He was making reference there to an event that took place in olden times. Because we're talking about the fall of the devil before the earth. And that fall of the devil coming down on the sleeve from heaven after that battle against Micaiah. And the devil is his thing. The devil flees with his what? With his angelos. The Greek word there, angelos, means messengers or from the Hebrew even melech. So now, Michael is leaving and he got a host of messengers in heaven. And these messengers bring the messages of God. They are messengers who bring the messages of God to man, like Gabriel, Raphael, the trumpet blow, and they bring the books 
Like the Muslims say, that the angel Jibrael or Gabriel brought the Quran to Muhammad. He was a Rasul or a messenger more than just a malaik, an angel. He brought a message from God. I'm trying to make a point here. And when Gabriel met Daniel and Daniel, he brought him a message. And when the angel came to Joseph in a dream to tell Joseph to take the Lord Jesus Christ to Egypt to safety, he came with a message from God, a warning. You got that? So message means to go around spreading some dialogue or some teaching or some philosophy or some beliefs, but you are conveying something from yourself or from someone else to others. When you deal with Revelation and they talk about that devil, most churches don't go near the next part, which is so important. You know what it says? Read it. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his, angel. and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels. And the great dragon. dragon. You see that? <laughs> the great dragon was what? That old serpent called the devil. Called the devil. That was his name. He was called the devil the way Jacob was called. That wasn't his name, the devil. Go ahead. And Satan. And Satan was also called Satan. Uh huh. Which what? The The devil that deceived the whole world. See? So now we're talking about his attributes as it travels from the beginning or of old time and all the different things he became named. You see what I'm saying? Right. But they're introducing something here to you. When you go back, you'll find that he has messengers. He has his own messengers. Read it again. Revelation chapter 12, verse 7. And then there was more in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels. So the dragon, who also was that old serpent called the devil or Satan, had him. And the word angelos in Greek means messenger. That means we have propagators on the planet. We have people that are as devil's messengers. Teaching the message of the devil. You know what? And they say right in there that deceiveth the whole world. Go to Matthew 24. And let's see if Christ warns us of who these people are and how we know them. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Luke will back that up, 21. And five. But please go ahead. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things. Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And as he said, And as he sought on the Mount of Olives, go ahead. So there's a different setting. One setting in path, he's talking to a multitude. And now he's talking to his disciples in private, like going into a lodge where secrets are kept. Where there's a certain amount of stuff that can't be said to everybody. Go ahead, what did he say? Came unto him privately, saying, Tell us 
which shall these things be? Mm-hmm. And what shall be the sign of thy coming mm-hmm. and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered them and said, this is Matthew 24, verse 4. Jesus answered them, what did he say? Take heed that no man deceive you. See that? Take heed that what? No man deceive you. That devil or that messenger who was cast out of heaven deceiving the whole world. So Jesus is telling us that the seed of Lucifer, the fallen angels who are on earth, are coming to you in the form of a man or men and be on your guard that they don't deceive you. He knew they were here. He told them, I know the blasphemy if they will say they are Jews and are not. They are the synagogues of Satan. I'm not talking about the Jews over there. I ain't even there, not them. They weren't even existing back then. That's what I'm talking about. He was giving you a stereotype of the devil as a human being. Going back to your sons of gods and sons of man and sons of the devil. You follow? He told them, you are of your father, the devil, in the Bible. He was alive. He made it clear that the devil comes as a man to deceive us. We're going to get a little more out of Matthews on how close and who to look for. Go ahead. Read on. For many shall come in my name. Many shall come huh? in my name. In my name. Say it. I am Christ. I am Christ. Say it. He's Christ. This is the first person to talk. The first person to sing. He's saying, many are going to come in my name. You're going to come using my name. Using Christ. And they're going to say to you that I am Christ. They're going to tell you that Jesus is Christ. But these are the messengers of the devil. But they're running churches. And seminaries. And they're out of sync preaching. Calling it the gospel. But Jesus is going to tell us, I never knew you. They're going to say, didn't we heal, perform wonderful works and miracles in your name? And Jesus is going to say to them, get away from me. I never knew you. They're going to come in his name. Matthew chapter 7, verse 23. And then will I profess unto them, this is Jesus talking, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. Got to go back to verse. Workers of iniquity, of evil. These are people coming in Jesus' name and telling people, yes, Jesus is Christ. And these are the these are the messengers. Because when you get past that question, you try to get anything else, they go directly to your pocket. And they start giving money to the power of destiny. We're going to pass this around again. We need some more money. We need some more money. Another plate, another offering, another tithing. It's all about money. So they're taking you towards the bread of life. With me? They're taking you towards the bread of life and not the words that proceeded out of the mouth of God, which is the scripture. They're teaching you to want wealth. Oh, if you give us money, you'll get some more money. Oh, if you just pray to God, he'll make you wealthy. What profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? The love of money is the root of all evil. These are scriptures. Because these are warnings 
because God knew that the devil was walking around among us as human beings, as men, like I said, deceiving us and using Christian Christ. Saying that we are Christians. See, anytime anybody is this kind of Christian or that kind of Christian, something's wrong. Something is wrong. Because Jesus wasn't this kind of Christian or that kind of Christian. He wasn't no Pentecostal or no Lutheran. He wasn't no Seventh-day Adventist or Jehovah's Witness. When they start dicing them up into types and kinds, you know these are people with individual messages that couldn't have come from Christ. Because Christ had one message. <laughs> but when they have another interpretation of Christ's message, they know what y'all call yourself the Egyptian church of Christ. They right. Because the Bible says Jesus was waxed wise and wisdom in the spirit of God while in Egypt. That would be the only one he was in. Because that's where he was among other things himself, according to you. He was in Egypt, where people were not Israelites at the time. And there God touched him. And there he learned and became wise. And there he got the Spirit of God. That's still mine. That's what he said. But when you start hearing denominations, this one is right, Reverend this, and Pastor this, and Bishop this, and Deacon this, and Father, this, you know you are dealing with what Jesus warned us about in Matthew 24. You better go back and look at your preacher again and see is he using the word of God. I don't mean quoting the word of God. I mean is he using the word of God. Is he teaching the word of God? Is he breaking it down to you, the word of God? The Bible uses, back in Revelation, he uses Abaddon and Apollyon to explain stuff to you. We start talking about hell to make sure you get a very clear picture. It takes you to, you got it, Abaddon and Apollyon. Revelation chapter 9, verse 11. And they had what? The king over them. Which? Which is the angel? A messenger of the bottomless pit. Another one packed with a message. Whose name in Hebrew, or Hebrew tongue is Abaddon. By the way, you want to be frightened? Abaddon means destruction. All right? Abaddon means destruction. We're in Revelation 9 11, when Babylon the Great starts to fall. Well, because spirits of evil and iniquity and men who set themselves out to be rulers and kings are putting themselves up to be God. When they no longer want you to live by the laws of God, but rather have you living by the laws of man. Keep touching on that subject. When they have replaced God's law with man's law because it sits well with them. It said right there, Matthew 24, every stone come down. If you don't turn back to God. If you don't put the Bible back to school. If you don't change this court system and base it around the laws of the Bible. If you don't pull those corrupt politicians down and those corrupt authorities and fake sheriffs and bad judges, and they don't judge with God. But God says, judge not, lest ye be judged. Right. 
Right. Ain't no man can do it. You understand what I'm saying? The messages of God coming down from heaven and up from the pit. They say his name is Abaddon in Ivrit, but in the Greek tongue, what do they call him? Apollyon. Another word, Apollyon, meaning destruction. The same thing. The devil has messages. His messages are walking the street with me and you every day, calling themselves pastors. And reference. But when they saw a group of people out there and putting them counting, mm-hmm. and they knew they were being attacked by the devil's children, oh yeah, but nobody came out. They let the devil do his mischief. Because right. the power of God, y'all steadfastness, y'all's faith made y'all confident. Right. That's all you had was your faith. Nobody even believed that y'all believed in God. Right. Oh, they don't believe in God. I heard you know what men don't believe in God. Then whose power is popping in? But then our power brings the power of prayer, God. You hear me? Let me go back in. Revelation chapter 18, verse 2. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon, the great. Go ahead. Go ahead. It has become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit in a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Say it again about the spirit. And the hold of every foul spirit in a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Say it again about inhabited by whom? The habitation of devils. Well, they separated spirits and devils. Mm-hmm. They took the spiritual part out of the devil right. and said that it's inhabited by devils. Right. <laughs> what does inhabited mean? To be to live in. Right. What are they talking about? The Babylon, the one we're living in now, the new Babylon, ain't no other place in the planet space where we live. Right. And the devil, spiritual devils, oh man, turn on the television. Psychic this, psychic that, carry cards everywhere, Ouija boards, Children with Satanism and all kind of signs on their houses and uh, what kind of these new groups are throwing jumping in the audiences and hip hop groups start to change from a form of R and B to some demonic type of cult. The devil's power is moving through the spirit and possessing people, but they're also are walking and talking amongst us every day. They say they're Christian and then say put a man to death because he killed a man instead of bending his mind just alone. Right. And Steve and cannot people who want to play God with other people's lives. And they don't know that the power of the Spirit of God is moving in this church. Mm-hmm. You understand? Because the power of the Spirit of the devil, he had 6,000 years. Right. And his children are falling apart. And Jesus is telling you that. Jesus is teaching you how to prepare yourself to be ready for him. Go back to Matthew 24 again and see what happens. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no one. So what? So what is the devil? Man. I go back to Genesis chapter 3 where we have our first encounter with what they're calling the serpent or the devil. And it says here, Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more subtle. That's right. Go ahead. Any beast of the field which the Lord God had More cunning, subtle, more cunning, more sneaky, more deceptive. Mm-hmm. And she's going to say, the devil tricked me. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, 
ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Mm-hmm. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But now go to 13 of Genesis chapter 3 and watch what happens to this devil. The serpent, as they call him. What? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. The serpent beguiled He tricked her. Mm-hmm. He fooled her. Mm-hmm. He deceived her. Mm-hmm. He was talking to her. Mm-hmm. He was in the garden. Snakes don't talk. They called him a beast of the field. Like they called man a beast of the field. But snakes are called reptilians. So this was a man in the garden. A man who obviously came down from heaven. You follow that? And that man was talking to Eve. And that man had a message for Eve. Because that man was a messenger. His message was rebel against God's Lord. Rebel against God's commandments and set up your own. And set up your own commandments. You ain't got to listen to God. God does know them and then you can tell your eyes shall be open and you shall be as Don't try to listen to God. Come on, let's all be God. Let's no longer believe. Let's no longer have faith. Let's no longer commit ourselves to a spiritual and disciplined life. Let's just let it all hang out. That's the devil's role, and that's the life you're living now. That's what's ruling the land now, and that's why it's falling down now. Going down to five. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. And what shall deceive many? Look at John chapter 5, verse 43. I come in my Father's name. Go ahead. This is Jesus Christ, God. And you receiveth me not. Go ahead. <laughs> preach it this, preach it that, preach it this, preach it that. You know what I mean? They're all out there building themselves up. You know what I'm saying? Putting themselves up on a pedestal. He said they're going to come in my name. They're going to call themselves Christians. That's going to be the biggest deceit. We can't be deceived by no Muslims because we know better. We ain't going to be deceived by no Hebrew Israelites. Well, any of a number of people bounce up and down on boxes and, uh, down there in five points. <laughs> or in New York or 42nd Street. They can't fool us. We can see right through the aircraft. But if you turn on the channel called The Word, and you see one after another come on with everybody, got another man, never see them sit down together. They're all sitting in different rooms because they all got their own message. They all got their own point. They're all trying to make themselves look greater than the next minister or preacher. Ain't none of them teaching the Word of God. They're teaching you about the bread. About the wealth. Right? To give us each day our daily bread. That's wages. The ghosts don't come each day, the ghost is there. They give us each day our daily man does not live by bread alone. That's living by bread each day. That's money. So now I know all these churches give us some money. Pass out the plate. Give us this. Those are messages of the devil. that the true preachers, as you would call them, are out giving to people. They're not taking. They're feeding the poor. They're raising money like the Shriners do and put on hospitals for sickle cells or for children with cancer. They're out not wasting your time. They're out wasting their lives, for lack of a better word, trying to raise money to give to other people. I don't see your preacher doing that. They're taking. They ain't got a program for their kids. Let's read on here. You shall hear wars. And rumors of wars, see that ye be not troubled. All these things must come to pass, 
but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famine and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. Right? Yeah. All these are the beginning of sorrow. Just the beginning of it. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. <laughs> That's deep, ain't it? Yes. We are hated. The Wapians are hated. Oh, you're in the Wapians. Don't work at all. I heard you was in the Wapians. Oh, you was a Yorkie. I heard all these things. Just because we have out in our land, God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. Just because that's on our land, we got to be hated. Because you're talking about people calling themselves Christians. You're talking about people saying that they believe in Christ and he's Christ. And they are the deceivers. Want some more of it? Let's go ahead. Verse number 10. Go ahead. And then shall many be offended, and, and shall betray one another. What does it say right there? They're going to start betraying one another. Go ahead. Don't they? Go ahead. So watch it. Come right after that. Well, uh-huh. uh-huh. I'm not a false prophet. But when I tell you something's going to happen, from 1970 to the year 2001, you can bet you can track my record. Right. Every time I told y'all something was going to happen, it happened. Why? Because it ain't coming from me. It's coming through me. Right. Only the man that gets up and pretends it's coming from him that has a problem. Right. He's not pushing the word of God. He's putting the word of himself. Right. And it will fail. You follow the word of God, it will come true. Right. I don't care whether you're doing it in Arabic or English or Hebrew or you're a Christian or you're a Muslim or you're a Jew or you're ice cream sandwich. If you do it in the right way, it's going to come true. Truth is true. Right. Right. And because iniquity shall abound, mm-hmm. the love of many shall wax cold. Because so much evil is going to be so great mm-hmm. that love is going to disappear. Mm-hmm. Right. I could just about walk around this room and ask everybody in here, have they been hurt? Yeah. And most people will say, yes. Mm-hmm. First person I love hurt me. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I've been betrayed. Mm-hmm. My husband's sleeping with somebody else. You know, it comes down to all comes down to one thing, but physics. The body, pleasure, desire, and people don't help anybody. They can't have no sex. Nobody wants to help old folks. Nobody's trying to help old folks. They're helping everybody else. So they'll send a bunch of money to them. Why am I here? What is it? I ain't never heard them begging for money because you can believe a bunch of millionaires will see that they have money. All bunch of programs for young runaway girls. They got luxurious places set up. Ain't nobody care about the people they eat. Ain't nobody doing nothing to them. Nobody wants to have sex with them. Ain't gonna care about no old folks. So they ain't gonna have no sex with them. You better be a bunch of young girls saying we help raise some money. Everybody run up. Oh yeah, we'll give you something. That's all part of it. That's all part of the trick. It's all part of the game. Let's read it. Go ahead. But he that shall endure unto the end. The same shall be saved. That's the only one that's going to make it. Those who hold on. Hold on to the rope of God and don't let go. I mean, when the trouble happened, the devil and his son, on his daughters on the other side pulling, and God and his son on this side pulling. We're tugging, tugging, tugging. The devil's pulling. How he's doing? Certain people are falling into mud. Some people fall in the mud. You go, what? What's his name then? Regina then fell in the mud. She then let go. And you get the tug on the back and she come out the mud. 
It was added because of transgression, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made, and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Mm-hmm. Now, a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Mm-hmm. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given, which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But the scripture has concluded all understand that the promise of by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Mm-hmm. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up under the faith, which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster, for ye are all the children of God by faith in, in, in Christ Jesus. And that is a nice, unique, cunning, conniving way of Paul, who never was with Christ and wasn't even a Jew by birth. To pull people away from Judaic law by making them have faith over law. When Jesus says in St. John, the law came Moses, but grace and truth, he doesn't have faith. He has grace and truth came by way of Jesus Christ. That's St. John chapter 1. So now that's Jesus' own words versus Paul's own words. See, Paul was that man I was talking about who put New Testament on Paul, that man I was talking about, he made a new kind of testimony because he started knocking things down like some circumcision and keeping the Shabbat. Then a whole book called, I wrote a book called Paul, Disciple or Deceiver, because he was the deceiver I'm talking about in that day and time, who fabricated his own religious beliefs. He wouldn't dare go back to Jerusalem and face the disciples, go back to read the book of Acts, his own writing. He wouldn't dare go back and face the disciples. He went on about his other way. He had to lie and tell people he met Jesus on the roadside. Because nobody could verify. Everybody else was there when Jesus came to the upper room. He wasn't there. Right. He was there at the cross when Jesus was on Calvary. He wasn't there. Right. They were there with Jesus when he walked. They were there when he fed the multitude. He wasn't there. But Paul is a man who came in as a messenger of the devil in the New Testament. And changed all the laws. And now he's the one making it legal for people who are not even devout Christians to pass laws instead of government. Because they're basically like eating pork. Paul said, oh, that was the old man's what comes out. That's not the law of God. Not one jot nor one tittle shall be removed from the law. So how can he change these things? And right here, it's saying in Matthew about keeping the Shabbat. It's telling you right there. Go ahead, read watch. On Matthew 24. But pray ye that your Christ be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. See, they're still telling you there in verse 20. In the future tense, keep the Shabbat. Make sure you don't get caught in the winter. Or the Shabbat say, why is it in the winter? Because of the weather we're having. The bad weather. They knew the signs of time back then. Instead, read on. For but then you shall break tribulation. There it is. But as one not since the beginning of the world to this time, no. What happened in the beginning of the world? A war in heaven. Two groups of messengers started to fight. The messengers of Michael. His name Mithael, or Michael means Mithael. Who would try to be like El, the Most High God? 
And so who else was that to do? Who said, I want to raise my throne above the stars of heaven? So there's men walking around out here who propagate that message. And those people are starting to war. So when you do our people pop up, you say, man, we live by the Lord God. That's what happens. People grieve. Read on. Unless time speeds up, not one human body will survive. And that's why everybody keeps saying, boy, time is going by so fast. Man, just, it was just Sunday the other day. God, man, it's feel like I just got up from work. God, time is zooming by. God tells you he's going to shorten the days right in front of you. If you don't speed up time, you ain't going to make it. Because you're falling victim to the devil every day. People are falling out the church and falling out the mosque and falling out the cigars every day and leaving and going into the world and giving themselves up to Satan, to Abaddon, and Apollo. Every day. He's trying to speed it up for us. Otherwise, we ain't going to make it. We're losing our children. We're losing our friends. They're going right out to the devil. Go ahead. But for the elect faith, those days shall be short. Just for the elite. The elite, the noble, the highest one, the noble one. For them, I'm going to shorten the day. That's in the dark kids. Go on out there and run to the devil. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. Hey, my story is going to be Christian. Did Jesus tell us to watch out for? Jesus is coming. No, there he goes. No, here he is. <laughs> he had 2,000 in passing us. And all the stuff they said did not come true. All of me to fold up and start all over right with his new army. And realize y'all don't know what you're talking about. And the people are blind, leading the blind. Your brother, look, where's that? There's Christ. But you don't know Christ. Christ talked to my heart. Why did you ask him about the year 2,000? <laughs> All these preachers who fight talk to your heart, he can tell you it's going to take place in New York and save hundreds of thousands of lives. Right. You know why? Because you're lying. And he warned us in Matthew 24 and beginning to watch against you. But you're going to come in his name. You're going to deceive many in his name. And now I bring the light back here. Read it again. Read that part again. Go ahead. For there shall, shall arise false Christ. But it's also going to be false Christ. Not a false Christ. Not a and Christ, Rev. False Christ. We had a whole lot of them. We had Daddy Divine, Sweet Daddy Wavy, Pastor Paul, Y'all went that way. We had a whole bunch of them. That's just an outrage. God knows amongst the devil children how many they are. They got the money to be on television all day. Jimmy Swagger, Jim Baker, I can keep on going. There's going to be a lot of them putting themselves up as anointed. See, the game is when you say as Christ, you wait for them to say, no, I am Jesus Christ. That's how it is. They're saying they're anointed of God to be ministers of Christ and teach his word and teach about Christ. That's what it means by they shall be many False Christ. Look in the Bible, you know, you get anointed. You know what I'm saying? Now I'll read it with that word in it. Somebody. See? False anointed ones. People saying they've been anointed. They've been called to God. They're going to heal. God speaks to their hearts. Just keep sending your money in. The money's coming towards them and not going from them. Towards the world. They are to tell you send it in. Head off free offering. A tithe. Then they realize that eventually you're going to wake up and they say, Here, buy a couple of these here. <laughs> buy my latest this. 
and you'll get this, but none of them are books of doctrine. They're always books of prayer. No teaching, so you can become aware of them and their deception. They got a whole bunch of books the wrong thing. Go ahead, where we at, y'all? The false prophets. Where the false prophets? All those preachers out there that were telling you the year 2000 and Jesus was coming. I heard the W long song. He would say it on television. All I know about the year 2000 question is that. I heard Jack Benton imply it many times. And he said, how I'll tell him, how would he just bows on only for her? But Jesus came. He's a false prophet. I tell you what's going to happen in the year 2000. This is going to happen, and that's going to happen, and this is going to happen. There's going to be earthquakes over here. That's going to happen. There's going to be lines up the stars. Isn't that thing crazy? That's because I'm not speaking. God is speaking. That's why they make the mistake of saying he says he's God. Because they hear me say that God's words come through me. I'm a vessel of God's words. Oh, he must say he's God. Why? Because you can't say it? Let's read on. These false prophets in Christ are going to fool you. Signs and wonders. They're going to be touching and laying on their hands and healing people and make it all. It tells you to watch out for Go ahead, read it. Great signs and wonders. Did it what? But for the elite's sake, said earlier. So God has a special interest in your elite. <laughs> if all that was possible, they would trick me and you too. But you know what? You met a man one day. You had a lot of things to say. Talk about that man and say, one minute they're Native Americans, next minute they seem to be Muslims, next minute they seem to be Hebrews, one minute they, next minute they're Cowboys, then they're Freemasons, and then they're Iron Lord. You know why you don't know? You don't know what going to school means, fool. Going to school means you take many courses. And if you're going to school of God, you're going to take many courses in religion. And if you want to really understand religion, you're going to live it. You ain't going to be able to pick up no manual written by one person and get an understanding of any religion. You're going to have to live it, walk it, talk it, breathe it, eat it, sleep it. So everybody needs to walk it. But what makes them so elite is because you can't hold conversation with them. They'll take you apart. Your reverends are scared of the average congregation member let alone going up against the head man. They're afraid to approach a brother on the street. They know any any one who walk in is prepared to deal with them. You ain't never want a conversation over in the walking unless you just closed the door and said, oh, he's a fool and walked away. You didn't need it. You didn't win the conversation using the word of God, that's for sure. You didn't open no book, read the Quran, the Torah, or the New Testament and win no conversation. Why? <laughs> They are the elite. God has prepared us to deal with y'all. They have educated us, filled us with grace. Our cups running over. We're dying to talk to you. Your ministers running away from us. Y'all don't want to talk to us. Go on, put together a circle and sit around and debate. And find out, y'all, when you talk from Athens over there from Pope, talk a whole bunch of stuff. Malachi, 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 but you ain't going to walk up to Malachi and sit down and talk to him. You might try to do it in private. I have many tell me, I'd like to meet you in private. No, you're going to meet me in public. Your congregation can see you don't know what you're talking about. Come on, y'all. I know who y'all are. Y'all are the messengers of the devil. Yo, that's all things that you You walk around black as night, big old lips and big nose, and you think that makes you not the devil. You the devil. You one of his kids. 
And you know in your heart when you go to church on Sunday that you are not teaching anything. You're trying to make some money. That's all you care about. You know it. The congregation are being deceived for the sake. But not us for nothing. That's right. You can't fool us because we are God's elite. Right. And we are set aside. Come on and join in with those who know. That's right. Let's read some more. We'll take you to the Bible in week, Hebrew, and English. Anywhere you want to go. You ain't got but one leg. You got one leg, and that's King James Revelation. That's all you got. Don't try to dance with me. Right. I'm to say to people, let's dance. I know I got more than one leg to dance on, boo. Let's keep it moving. Where are we going now? 25. Go. Behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if it is not there unto you, behold, he is in the heaven. Go not forth. Don't be thinking Jesus is going to be over there in Jerusalem like, like uh, the moral majority. Was always we always have to do for Jesus. But that's not what the Bible says. If you go take your butt out of Georgia on over there to Jerusalem in the middle of the desert, you might get killed by a bunch of invaders and heathens that don't belong there. Right. That's not their land. You go into Jerusalem, you see the real dark skin, holy head, people of Nebula. You see the real Nazarites and Negroes. And then you look around that field where you got one group of people who came out of Spain called Sephardim, and another group of people who came out of Russia called Khazars, they called them Astronazis. And they came and took the names and smashed the miserable black Hebrews and set the thing up as a whole thing. Parties all over, television, music, prostitution, and everything. And that's why all hell breaks out down there. The wrong people. Go ahead, John. Right. Go ahead. They tell you, I told you before, if you say he's in some secret chamber, now he left Jesus, not out in the desert, which was the way for you. He's not down on the ground in some secret hidden place waiting to go put the magic back in the pocket. Go ahead, he's not there. Go ahead. Believe not. Don't believe that crap. Go ahead. For at the lightning coming out of the beast, and shine it even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. The Greek word they use is astrophe, which means lightning. I know you want to say that? No, stop it. Because people are under the illusion that lightning is coming down. And a little research will show you. Just go study it. Don't believe it. And when you see lightning, it's going back up. That's right. It's going back up. That's right. But to your eye, it looks like it's coming down. Now just go study and find out that's the truth. So now this is the word of God, and God's word can't be shaken. Now read it with that in mind. And as the lightning coming from the ground up eastward. Go ahead. Go ahead. So when the lightning shines up. Born in the east from earth, shining right. up made connection with God. Where was Jesus born? On earth. And when he was baptized in Jordan, he said what? He met up with God. Right. His soul moved upward. You see that? And met up with God in heaven. I know it's kind of confusing, but that's what they tried to do when they translated. Do it again. Mm-hmm. And shine it even unto the west. Mm-hmm. So shall also the coming of the sun and be. So what to look for, but you didn't see. You looking, but you're expecting Jesus to 
going to be born right here like he was before. Right. The only ones that got to be looking up are the wise men to know how to follow the star to where it's going to take place. And he told us that too. But he told us that in the same book. He told us to watch out for the devil in the same chapter, Revelation chapter 12. He told us how the new Jesus is going to come. Not the old Jesus. We got that story full. But the new Jesus and how it's going to come and where he's going to be born and who's going to be there and why the devil's going to be there to try to, that old serving called the dragon will be there to try to devour him and do it with all that's there. But Christians are reading it wrong. Some woman is going to give birth to Jesus. He ain't going to be coming out of no clouds like you think. It speaks of him riding on a cloud as a spiritual thing with his horsemen, like the angels riding forth as prophetic Jesus. But in Revelation 12, they're speaking about the birth of Jesus. You understand? And they tell you some woman is going to be standing in what? Revelation chapter 12. Standing in the moon. Under the sea. You know what that is? If you looked at a crescent moon upright and then went to Egypt, you would see what they call a menjet. A boat like structure. And if you want to see a woman standing in a boat, you got Egyptology, you find that Isis was standing in a boat. And she was looking for the body of Osiris. And you see was pregnant with the child. And that child was horrible. And the dragon, who was symbolic then as set of the silk, was waiting for Horus to be born so that he could kill him. Right. That's the Egyptian story. That's the old Egyptian story which is recorded. Nothing Dr. Melikazi York is making up. It's just you can't see it because you've been tricked. That's the same story. You put that woman Isis inside that Menjit book, go to any library and start pulling up Egyptian books and look at the Menjit, you'll see it's a crescent. And you see her standing there as she's seeking for her husband, who had been cut up into 14 pieces. And that's the 14 generations they speak of in Christ in the Bible. Here. 14 generations. Right in there. And then someone took it from ancient Egypt and moved it into the Bible. And, and you were supposed to be able to unravel the mysteries of the Bible. But you had to wait for someone who came along who can read it. Because it's not for everybody. That's how you know. We don't. We're coming in the end of it, y'all. Twelve tribes of Israel. Or in some Islamic faith, the twelve tribes of Ishmael. They're giving your birth. How Christ is going to be born the second time is not in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's in the book of the Apocrypha, the book of prophecy. The truth must be revealed there. Not in books of the past. You're going to find out how Christ going to be born. you got to go to the book of Revelation. Because it was recorded after he was born. And it's going to tell us. Anybody read? Go ahead. And she deal with child. Who? This woman. This woman is standing in a crescent moon with 12 crowns, symbolizing 12,000 Israel, on her head. And she what? She's pregnant. She has a child in her womb. And go ahead, what happened? She started what? She cried. Prevail, go ahead. She's having pains to deliver. She's going into labor. Go ahead. Another wonder in heaven. Another wonder in heaven. This is a wonder. <laughs> See? It's not just an infant, it's not any woman. This is a 
they wonder. It is a wonderful thing happening. But there's another wonderful thing happening. What? And behold, they bear ten dragons, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his head. Now, the second Simeon, or wonder, or magic, or miracle, that's what it's called in Greek, right, is the dragon. That old serpent called the devil and Lucifer, who is a man on earth with us disguised as preachers. Carry the message of God so that they can find out where the baby's going to be born. <laughs> and they can corral all the children of God into a room and preach to them and observe them and watch them. And every time a baby's born, they take them to the who? Preacher. And then how that preacher do what? Merge them in water. That preacher will be the first one to get his hands on that Christ baby. He's waiting to devour him. Calling himself a preacher, saying he believes in Christ, and calling himself a Christian. Out here at the sea, they're waiting for that baby to be born. You be looking at him and saying, he ain't no righteous man. I told you. You see it sometimes. You know, it just comes out. He's so busy trying to get your money. And try, you know, you just say, I went to church. I didn't really learn nothing. Right. I put one of the books the military wrote. Uh, Jesus started, he just started asking questions. They got mad at me. I'm going to know the truth so the truth can make me free. I started asking questions, and they can't answer. They get mad and call me names. Of course he does. Because you're getting close to finding out who he is. When he can't answer any questions in the public, he starts transforming into some type of demon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't have Malachi. Oh, this, oh, that Malachi. He can do all that Malachi. Malachi teaches the word of God. That's what he does. Right. Teaches the word of God, not just preaching. That's right. You do preach yeah. They are waiting. That's why they sent the churches. They can assemble people. So they can see when that baby's born. Let's read that part again, please. Mm-hmm. And there is another one that in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon, and seven heads, and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his head. That's Revelation chapter 12, verse 3. Go ahead. And I'm not saying the seven heads and ten horns are. Because you know those are the nations that rule the world. And some of the nations have two heads. And they have a woman over them. A harlot over them. She's always been a symbol of what? Of lust and pornography. Whether she was Marilyn Monroe, Elizabeth Taylor, or Menachem Begin. Not Menachem Begin, I mean, um, Golden Mayer. They always had it. You go back. You'll find the Tula Society had women ruling them. You'll find that Hitler had a woman sitting next to him. It keeps on going. Madame Blavatsky, it's all there. They got their holler, holler's over there. That's why they call everything a country sheep. Country's ruled by men, but my boat is sheep. My gun is sheep. My car is sheep. That's the holler ruling over there. That's the bread. That's the money, the bread. Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. Go ahead. And his tail grew the third part of the stars of heaven. Whose tail? The Because one-third of the angels fell with Lucifer. Wow. One-third. And they tell you in the Bible there's hundreds of thousands of angels. So think, every time, you see them tell you, you go to the hospital, say, you know, every second a new baby is born. Yeah. Right. So that happened in one hospital? No. Nope. Mm. Is that only happened in one hospital in the whole world? 
Every second one baby born? No. Every time. No. But every time a child of God is born, a child of Satan is born. And that's back in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Every time you go to a hospital, you look at that thing, every other one of those children there is a devil. Oh, a child of Satan will be raised up to propagate Satan's message, whether it's teaching people how to use marijuana, or putting on television shows and teaching kids how to kill each other, or creating video games and teaching children how to be violent, or becoming singers and teaching girls to want to take their clothes off or want to look like Brandy, or want to look like Mariah, or want to look like this and don't want to church, don't want to be a decent woman, or creating clubs for people to hang out in so they can discotheque all night, and there they can exchange drugs and lust and rape and murder and guns, or making guns, or creating war, and separating people and dividing people against other, all putting bad, or knowing fault with them, putting good pork in all the food. You know what I mean? Every time a child of God is born, a devil is born. But he has a whole one-third of the heavens came with him, right? And he has them to the earth. Where'd they go? One third of the angels in heaven have come down to earth as men. You go to Genesis chapter 6, they'll tell you that they came down, and now they came down one third of heaven, right? And then what did they do? What did they do? They found daughters of men on earth. And what did they do? They had sex with them. But what they do? They can plant themselves in your family. As your brother. As your father. As your mother. As your best friend. As your cousin. They came down. One third of them were cast out of heaven. Came down to earth in Genesis chapter 6. And took you and had children with them. And mixed them among us. So we can't even tell who they are. That's right. Until that friend of yours suggests go to party. I don't really like to go to party. Oh, that's what's wrong with you. Too stiff. You don't like to have no fun. Here, try this marijuana. I don't smoke those drugs. Marijuana ain't no good. You don't know drugs on drugs. <laughs> no, happy I shouldn't I don't drink alcohol. Pour one drink that's gonna hurt you. Oh, he's sitting up in the car, and you sitting up next to him, and they're zooming. You're scared because the car is moving too fast, and you know it's dangerous. You wonder why this devil don't care. You don't see them as a devil because they're your friend. They all having fun. He's having fun. The music is playing. or just rocking. You don't realize you got a demon rocking. It's waiting to have an accident and kill you or cripple you for life. When they cripple you, you're mad at God. You blame God for being in that car. Paul, oh, let's go bungee jump in. You know what I'm saying? Let's go skydiving. Let's go hunt bears. Oh, that's real manly. Go hunt some creatures that can rip us up. <laughs> With me? Let's go join a whole bunch of men and go on the other side of the world and kill them because they have different opinions in us and different religions. Let's join and march together. <laughs> and say, okay, let's go. That's right. No, that's wrong. That's all the devil's children. They're all up in here. And the best of them are the preachers. Right. The ones calling themselves Christians. Yeah. Take you to your death. Where, y'all? And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. But if there was only one devil, he wouldn't know where to go and what to do with it. No. But if you leave First John chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3, verse 10. You know what it reads? In this day 
the children of God are manifest. Got me? Next part gets better. Read again. First John chapter 3, verse 10. In this, the children of God are manifest. Take day out. Say, in this, the children of God are manifest. Because it's in the message, it's not in just today. In this, the children of God, you'll be able to see them, are manifest. Read the next verse, y'all. And the children of the devil, whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither they teach the people, go out there and hate them and welcome them. Don't like these people. For no reason, they don't even know us. No reason to hate Why? Because the Bible tells us they're the children of the devil. you got to get that in your mind. Right. And their laws are the devil's laws. And their prisons are the devil's prisons. And all the things they make seem like fun are the devils. And they will drive you out of the courts of God. And into the streets with devils. They will work on you. It can be our own child that works on you and me. To make us break. It can be my husband or my wife or my sister. You rather than be in a club drunk with a miniskirt on, huh? No matter how you're too young to marry. You just want me to go out and have a bunch of boyfriends and hold around. So I lose my Is that right? Is that what you want me to do? Don't settle down? What's wrong? Well, you know, who did that? It happens to be my mama or my sister. That's frightening. Because he said the devils came down and went into children of Africa and married right amongst us. Stay with us. How you feel away from them? You love them. <laughs> you trust them. Well, well, your father's a preacher. And somewhere along the line, you learn the truth, and you realize, my father was a devil. He was teaching devils, man. Drop down the holy part. Stop saying God's talking to you and go the other way. Just say, I can God speaks through me like he can speak to you, 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 you. But the only way God will speak to you is if you stop speaking for him. You know what it is? I want someone to ask me that big question. What is the purpose of life? I'm waiting to ask me everything but the purpose of life. What is the purpose of life? You know what it is? To overcome the evil within you and to make yourself eligible to be in the presence of God. That is the purpose of life. Whether it be a Muslim or Buddhist or Christian, I don't care what denomination, ain't none of y'all niggas right. Stop fooling yourself. Mm-hmm. Ain't gonna undo a little, that, 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 that little piece that you think in your Bible today to your little congregation so you can you flat made by the Father. The purpose of life is to acknowledge that people have sin in them. I think it's in, in the Bible. People are born with the devil in them. That's why the Catholics, the original Christians used to say we were born in sin. Know anybody? You turn your back on a little kid, before they even know about judgment, they'll scratch another kid right in the face. They'll snatch, pacify another kid's hand. Mother said, I can't leave that kid with that kid in the crib. That kid will beat that kid up. One kid seems to be in the crib passive, another one seems to be beating the hell out of him or her. They'll push each other down, steal each other's food, take a toy, and lie until their mother says, I had it first. Where did they learn that? They ain't old enough to know all of that. Where did they get that from? Born in you. You're born with as much devil in you as God. Paul says something.